0: Life of prayer, the life of prayer, hallelujah. So, you see, in this meeting, there are three things that, um, I'm going to that we are going to do. Three things that are going to happen actually. Number one is that, uh, I'm going to stir up in you a dependency on prayer, hallelujah. I'm going to stir up in you a dependency on prayer, you see. Before, before a man, first of all, begins to pray, what matters the most is his mindset about prayer. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. You see, the mindset that the believer must have towards prayer is such that I can do nothing outside prayer. Hallelujah. You know, uh, oftentimes, where people see prayer is, um, I'll make up my plans, I'll do what I want to do. You know, when I, when I have it figured out, then I'll now pray... So that God will, you know, help it. So that God will push my plan forward so it will be faster. Hallelujah. That's the mindset that people oftentimes have about prayer. Hallelujah. But you see, the mindset that the believer must have about prayer is that there is nothing he can accomplish outside the power of prayer. Hallelujah. So what, it, matters more the, the, it matters more that the believer is dependent on prayer than just that he prays. It matters more the kind of mindset the believer has towards prayer than just the fact that he prays. Alright? So, I'm gonna, first of all, is I'm going to stir up in you a dependency on the power of prayer. Number two is I'm going to stir up in you the urge to pray. I'm going to stir up in you the urge to pray. A lot of you will realize or you will notice that after this weekend, after today and tomorrow, you would have an unexplainable uh, urge to pray. Hallelujah! You have an unextendable urge to pray. I've, I've, I've given, I've um, said this testimony to you guys before. One of the one of the meetings we had here, um, I, I was I was teaching and I was led in the spirit. I was led by the spirit. I got to um, that there was someone that I was supposed to lay hands on in the meeting. So I, I laid hands on him. Basically, laid hands on him, and then he told me that ever since then, he had this burning passion for prayer. In fact, the way he said he said. For the first time, he prayed longer than he had ever done before at his stretch. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. You see, there is such a thing as the burden for prayer. Hallelujah. The burden for prayer. Now, while you cannot build your entire life on burdens of prayer, right? You cannot say, I will only pray when I have burdens. However, it is a bad thing if a believer has never experienced the burden of prayer. There should be times of your life where it's as though every time when you set out to pray, there is an unexplainable weight upon your heart to pray. Hallelujah. And in times like that, you have an unexplainable bliss in prayer. It's times like that that you pray for one hour and you didn't even realize that you prayed for an hour. Hallelujah. Times like that, you have to watch your time so that you don't overshoot it. Hallelujah. It's not every time that your prayer life should be that You know, you wake up in the morning You have to struggle, struggle, struggle It's not every time Hallelujah. You know there are some times when you know you don't necessarily feel like praying, but then you know you have to create a timetable. So you say one hour every day I'm praying. Whether or not I feel like it, I'm gonna pray. Hallelujah. So there are times that when you don't necessarily feel like praying, but then you have to pray. But you see, more than that, there are times when you don't necessarily feel like praying. Hallelujah. Sorry, there are times when you have a urge in your spirit to pray. Hallelujah. So the issue at that point in time is that there is not enough time to pray. Because whether morning, afternoon, or evening, there is a yielding by your spirit to pray. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. And you're going you're to see that after this message. There's one of the things you're going to experience after this message. You're going to experience supernatural bliss in prayer. Say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. And then lastly, is I want to build in you the habits of prayer. Hallelujah. In fact, that's what matters the most. The habits of prayer. You know, I'm going to show you today that prayer in itself is a lifestyle. Hallelujah. Prayer is not what you do when you set out to pray hallelujah prayer in itself is the way believer lives his life hallelujah prayer is first and foremost a consciousness glory to jesus hallelujah say my life my life will not remain the same again my ministry will not remain the same again as i listen to god's word the revelation of god's word fills my heart hallelujah I don't like the way you guys are sounding. Hallelujah. I want you guys to sound more bold. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. I want you guys to sound more assuring, like you are laying hold on what God's word is saying. Hallelujah. Say, my life and my ministry does not remain the same again. I get better in prayer. I experience supernatural bliss in prayer. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. You see, uh, you know, Uh, let me start from saying this: that oftentimes people believe that prayer is something that is experience, not thought. Hallelujah! So oftentimes it's weird to say we're having a teaching meeting on prayer. Do you realize? Like it sounds somehow, it sounds like a teaching meeting. Prayer. Words. There's no, you know, and we even say things like there are no, there are no words around it. Hallelujah! The only way you pray is by prayer. The only way you know how to pray is by praying. Hallelujah. And you see, in as much as those things in themselves, they sound good, they sound nice, right? And they have some element of truth in them, in, in, in the sense that you, you can never say that you know prayer if you don't pray. Hallelujah. But the truth is this you really do not learn to pray by praying. Amen. You learn to pray by teaching. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. You learn to pray, and that's where I'm going to start from that you learn to pray by teaching. And so that's the reason why it's extremely important. Tomorrow we're going to be praying. We're going to be praying for about four hours tomorrow. And so, you see, I want, what I, what I want to do is that I want you to learn how to increase your results in prayer. Hallelujah. You know, this mindset that people oftentimes have about prayer it's, a, it's as though prayer is an abstract concept. Amen. Particularly believers. We see prayer as a religious thing. Hallelujah. Like, it's as though we've forgotten the fact that prayer actually does stuff. Amen. Glory to Jesus. And even among, you know, in the Christocentric circle, it's as though we've become, if, while it is good that we have, um, we have created a devotional plan, at least for most, for most guys, I know that guys pray at least one hour every day, right? So you know that maybe 5 to 6 or 6 to 7 a.m. Sorry, 5 to 6 a.m. or 6 to 7 a.m. every day I'm praying. Some people don't understand what I'm saying. They're like, does that really happen? Don't worry. It is well. <laughs> Your sins are forgiven me. But anyways, my point is this, is that. So, we have crafted a devotion around prayer, which is good. But you see, one of the problems that people can also have about such mindsets is that we can be so keen on seeing that timetable of prayer that we fail to realize that prayer actually has an end in mind. Hallelujah. Like, you can use prayer to create a result, Hallelujah. So, in other words don't just see your prayer time, this is this don't just see your prayer time as one hour every morning is something I must do when I wake up see your prayer time as one hour of making things happen every morning hallelujah glory to Jesus, that this is something, that the supernatural is normal to the believer, doesn't stop it from being supernatural, hallelujah you know I was saying this to a couple of folks um, sometime ago, I said do you realize how, how mind blowing the word of knowledge is so, sometimes we don't realize how crazy a world of knowledge is. We don't, because because we have seen it so much around us, we forgot we 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 no longer see how spectacular it is that you can know the information about people that they don't tell you. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. But it's actually spectacular. Glory to Jesus. And so the fact that something is supernatural doesn't change the fact that it is not normal. Amen. And so the fact that it is normal for the believer doesn't change the fact that it is spectacular. Hallelujah. And such is prayer. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Prayer was designed to create things. Hallelujah. Whether or not you are praying for something, prayer is doing something. Whether or not you are praying for something, prayer is doing something. And so today, we're going to do a 3 hour, about 30 minutes teaching on prayer hallelujah we're going to study on prayer hallelujah and what this is going to do to you is that it is going to birth in you an effectiveness in prayer hallelujah you are going to one of the things you are going to see is oftentimes I hear a lot of people say things like i afraid prayed i prayed it's not changing something nothing is happening hallelujah that's going to change from today's meeting hallelujah you will set out to pray for things and you will see those things happen let me hear an amen, amen. hallelujah Glory to Jesus. Because you see, particularly, there is a lot that God has to do on the earth. Amen. There is so much that God has to do. There is so much that God has to do through men on the earth. And we cannot see those things happen outside prayer. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. You know, if you are very sensitive, one of the things I noticed towards the end of this year was that there was so much emphasis on prayer. I don't know who noticed this. Even in different places. You noticed i just like I, it was weird i didn't i didn't know how every every time when i saw someone post something from different churches different ministries even places that don't necessarily know the word as that there was an honest unexp- like there was a serious emphasis on prayer like as though everybody had a consensus and say towards the end of the year, i'm going to be teach about prayer no and so you see when and this is something when there is a supernatural urge like that to pray it means there's something about to happen hallelujah and there are two things that can happen Your prayer can either determine whether or not you will be a part of it. That's number one. And number two, your prayer can determine whether or not it is going to happen. Hallelujah. And in fact, it should not be so much that whether or not you are part of it, but the fact that your prayer can determine whether or not that thing is going to happen on the earth. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. So let's get to it. Prayer. So the first thing I want to address, why is teaching prayer important? Why is teaching prayer important? Why, why, why couldn't we just decide that tomorrow, today and tomorrow we pray? Hallelujah. Trust me, that has nothing to do with the fact that it's too long. It's not long at all. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Why is teaching prayer important? You see, one of the biggest mistakes that we make in the body of Christ is that we assume a lot. We assume a lot. We make a lot of assumptions. So you see, for example, you are going out on evangelism. I think I, I said this to my folks a lot. You know, you go out on evangelism, you go and preach, you preach the gospel to people, then you meet someone that is unsaved. Unsaved, though, maybe a babalau. Right? A babalawo. Now you 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 get him saved, preach the gospel to him, he believes the gospel. Then you now say, Sir, from now on, I want you to begin to pray. And also, this is a Bible. Then Gideon's Bible. That's this thing. That's small Gideon's Bible. Sir, this is a Bible. From now on, I want you to begin to read your Bible every day and pray every day. Hallelujah. And then I want you to attend a what? Bible believing. <laughs> You know the phrase, then you say, I want you to attend the Bible. First of all, he said, This church doesn't believe Bible, like how is it a church? But, anyways, uh, let us do that. So, he say I want you to pray, I want you to start to read your Bible, and then I want you to attend a Bible believing church. Hallelujah! So, somehow, we believe that with salvation comes the understanding of prayer, like as though the moment they are saved, they now are, they are, they are now like. Mm. I can no longer do, I can no longer worship Shango, I can no longer worship Obatala, now it's Jesus, it's Jesus. (laughs) Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. And so that's the reason why you have believers who, the only thing that has changed about their prayers is who they are praying to. Hallelujah. The only because when you hear some prayer points, you wonder like, where could somebody have come up with something like this from Genesis to Revelation? Julia, you know, like, that's a prayer in that you it's not possible, no matter how unstudious you are, you can't bring it out of the Bible, amen. For example, some and die. Like, for, <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's the honest truth. Some and die sounds like mago to me. Uh, do, do you know what mago is? It's, it's, it's the Greek word for. Um, it's, a great word, it's a great word for crucified you know, and then laid in the tomb <laughs> amen, hallelujah so what you have, often times you have believers, whose understanding is still in the world the only difference in their prayer style and what they are praying about, or who they are praying to is the person, hallelujah so the difference is just, what I used to pray to Shango before, now I am praying it to Jesus Iya, so there is no change in prayer point There is no change in desire. There is no change in what you are praying for. The only change is in what, in who you are praying to. Amen. And that's the reason for a lot of things you see in the church today. That's why, so then you shouldn't be pissed off. So um, people go to meet their pastor and then they carry money and then they go to meet their pastor. And that's what they learnt when they used to go to Babalawo. Just now they'll carry money, go and meet Babalawa, Baba do, you know, uh, you, have to have Moppa, you, Moppa, you know, all those kind of things, then you will not say something. And literally, do you know that's what people want? So they go and meet the prophets too. Do you realize? Like it's basically the same mindset. They go to meet the prophets, they take money, give the prophets, the prophets to does, you know, um shambalaya, you know, and then he says, ah, you know, then he says something about them. He said, um, I don't know you. I don't, I don't know who you are, I don't know who sent you Then he says something, he something, says, ah, Tony, Otoni Woli, then Woli say, ah, Shadwa <laughs> Hallelujah Glory to Jesus, and well, I don't want to Get into the topic of whether or not They do it intentionally or unintentionally I don't want to get into that topic, but what I'm trying to let you see Is that we make that mistake Of believing that people Know things automatically when they get saved Hallelujah, and so we see a lot of Misappropriation in the church Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. And so, um, you see, one of the things that you need to realize is that when a man becomes saved, salvation primarily influences, even though salvation influences the body, the soul, and the spirit, as I'm going to show you over time, but one of the things that happens is that it is the spirit that is changed. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Bible says in Ephesians of the 1 and verse 13. Hallelujah. It says in Him also after that you hear the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed you were what? You are sealed with the what? Holy Spirit of promise. Hallelujah. Say I'm sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8 and verse 9, He says you are not in the flesh but in the spirit. If so be, um, if so be that the spirit of Christ, um, if so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. He says if any man has not the spirit of Christ, he is what? He is not of his. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Say I'm of Christ. So I have his spirit in me. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Galatians 4 and verse 6, it says that, uh, uh, And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. The spirit bears witness to our spirits that we are the sons of God. Hallelujah. So the spirit of God dwells in the heart of the believing one. Hallelujah. Yeah. God has sealed us with the earnest of his spirit in our hearts. 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 21. Glory to Jesus. Amen. So in salvation, what is primarily changed is the spirit. Hallelujah. Now you see Paul give an instruction in Romans chapter 12. Go there. Romans 12 from verse 1 to 2. Romans 12, 1 to 2 you see um, those says the spirit of God you see do not think that that issue in your, aunt, in your aunt's family okay let me, let me explain what I mean by aunt there's someone here you have, you have an aunt that got married about the marriage is still within the first six years about five to six years they are just within that frame of marriage about five to six years and there is a particular issue going on in the family hallelujah, glory to Jesus and so you guys have prayed about it for a while but then you know there are some issues that you pray so much about it then you now begin to ask like well maybe that's just how God will have it be hallelujah, so you guys have settled with it like no problem, hallelujah praise God, it's time to take up that matter again Amen. And it's time to take it up in the place of prayer. Hallelujah. And you'll see things change. Amen. Glory to Jesus. All right, let's continue. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 from verse 1. Hallelujah. So Paul is speaking here. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the message of God, says that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Hallelujah! Please open your Bible. It says that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And I've explained this it may be, um, so many times. I'm going to explain it many times more. That the word he says when he says present your body is there the, is the Greek word paristemi. Hallelujah! The word present is the Greek word paristemi. The word paristemi means to exhibit. Hallelujah! To place something as an exhibit. Hallelujah! It's the same word that is used for exhibitions an art exhibition. You know, at the point where you are doing an art exhibition, is not where you are creating the art. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. For example, we wanted to do um, an exhibition of some of the works of Leonardo da Vinci. Right? And you have Mona Lisa, Madonna on the Rocks, etc. etc. It's not the point where you are doing the exhibition that the Mona Lisa is being created. Hallelujah. She has been created and then it is being placed on exhibit for people to see. Hallelujah. So, Paul is telling you here that you present your body as a living sacrifice. In other words, you are not to create your body as a living sacrifice. No. Rather, you are to present it because it already has been created as such. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Then he now says, present your body as a living sacrifice. He says, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Hallelujah. So, in other words, your body is holy. Hallelujah. First Then chapter 2 and verse 9. He says, um, yeah, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Hallelujah. Say, I am a member. I'm a member of a holy nation. You know, I, you know, you almost tend to say I'm a holy nation, but that's terrible. You can't be <laughs> you can't be a holy nation, amen. Glory to Jesus. You know, you hear some people. Say, Anyways, don't worry, don't let me shake that table. So I'm a member of a holy nation. So you are it's interesting how we've always known that particular chosen generation line since when we're children. Like in children's church. How were how we now made to believe that we're not holy? Like, do you realize that someone will quote that verse in the church and then be like, Amen. Now say, Father, Father, make me a holy nation. Hey! <laughs> um, anyways, let's just do that. So, you see, you are holy. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. He says, present am body by the living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Go to Ephesians 1 and 6, Ephesians 1 and verse 6 Ephesians 1 and verse 6 Hallelujah Blessed be the God and Father of our Jesus Christ who has blessed all your spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus according as his association for of the word that we should be holy and without blame before him in love have been um, predestinated I, of, I think I've mixed it up what's verse 6 sorry Ephesians 1 and verse 6 where in he has done accepted in the what in the beloved Hallelujah so the believer is accepted in the beloved Amen Glory to Jesus say I'm accepted in the beloved Hallelujah, so we can see that the believer is holy Hallelujah. Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30, 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 30, he says, for Christ is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification and redemption. Hallelujah. Say Christ is my wisdom, Christ is my righteousness, Christ is my sanctification and Christ is my redemption. Hallelujah. Say I'm sanctified by the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. You know, Paul was speaking to the, to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 6. You know, 1 Corinthians 6 from verse 10, you know, he says that, you know, you uh, you are, you are adulterers, he says, um, you are adulterers, war mongers, etc, etc. He says, none of these shall inherit the kingdom of God. He now says, but such were some of you. First Corinthians 6 and verse 10. Right? He says, but you are washed. Hallelujah. He says, you are sanctified. He says, you are justified. He says, in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the words, by the spirit of our God. Hallelujah. Glory to you. You say, I'm washed, I'm sanctified and I'm justified hallelujah say i'm holy i'm sanctified glory to jesus i'm sanctified there is no condemnation against me in christ jesus there is no condemnation against me in Christ Jesus you see as I'm speaking these words I'm speaking by prophecy say there is no condemnation against me in Christ Jesus I'm not defined by my past I'm sanctified I'm sanctified I'm made holy I'm made just I'm justified I'm justified who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect it is Christ that justifies hallelujah there is therefore now no condemnation Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. You see, the devil has no power to condemn you. Amen. Glory to Jesus. I've explained this before to my to, to my folks. You know, when the woman with when the woman that was caught in the act of adultery, which is quite interesting, by the way. Very, very interesting. I have two questions about that issue. You know, you catch a woman in the act of adultery. First of all, what are you looking? What are you looking for? What are you looking for? <laughs> but let's let's even leave them let's say they are Pharisees they knew by word of knowledge let's leave them no problem number two is even three things number two where is the man At, in case in case you don't realize adultery involves two people amen I just like in case you didn't know now you know amen adultery involves two people you can't like you can't commit adultery with yourself you get so n- like where is the man that you committed adultery with he's the Pharisees so they know they know better let's leave them alright then number three is that you bring her, and then Jesus says, He that is without sin, let him be the first to cast a stone. First of all, is I must say, I think I've said this amongst you guys before, that they were very truthful people. If it's in this generation, they will throw the stone up. I hope you realize because they don't want to look like bad people. They will stone down. I'm sure in this generation, you would have done something better to say. But you know, Jesus said, He that is without sin, let him be the first to cast a stone. And then something interesting happened. From the elders, I like way the Bible puts it. The Bible said from the eldest down to the youngest of them, they left. You know the funny thing about that place? Is that the question you have to ask yourself is this. Did they just commit the sin there? Amen. So mean, as they were dragging the woman to Jesus, they have committed sin before. Like it's not like they just committed the sin. Like them too, they have committed sin before. But they still felt like, ah, you must die. <laughs> like that shows you the way people are. People are so amazing. Like they could literally be doing the same thing you are doing. And, but that's not even my point basically my point is Jesus made a very important statement there he says he that is without sin let him be the what the first to cast his stone hallelujah so in the order of judgments hallelujah the way judgment works the only person permitted to judge is the one without sin amen hallelujah the only person permitted giving a right or authority to judge is the one without sin and that's far from being the devil <laughs> Hallelujah! That's so far from being the devil. Hallelujah! Don't you know what Jesus called? He says you have your. Look what he said. He says you have your father, the devil. He says he was a liar from the beginning and a murderer. Hallelujah! He says he was a murderer from the beginning. He is a liar and the father of lies. So he's not just a liar; he is a father of lies. Glory to Jesus. So you see, when we are having the conversation of sin and who should judge for sin, etc., etc., the devil has no place in that conversation. Hallelujah. Glories to Jesus. The devil has no place in the conversation. It's a family affair. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. The devil is like all those aunties that come in, where your dad is, where your mom is. Listening. And you know the way, you know, there, there are different ways you can respond to those aunties based on your age. There's an age where whatever they say, you have to accept it. There's an age where you can begin to give them eye. And there's an age where if they talk, they collect. Amen? Don't mind me. Don't mind me. So, <laughs> that's just that, by the way. But, Anyways, let me continue with Romans 12. Romans 12. So, um, it says to put your body on exhibits. And we already see that you are holy and acceptable. Hallelujah. So, Paul couldn't have been saying in Romans 12 that you are supposed to make your body holy and acceptable. He said Paul was saying that you present it. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Like as, and based on what we've seen about presents, which means to put on exhibits, to put on display. What Paul is saying is that put your bodies on display a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. In other words, live as you have become. Hallelujah. You are holy. You are acceptable unto God. Now, begin to live your life as one that is holy and acceptable. Are we together, guys? Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Now, let's move on. He says, that is your reasonable service. In verse 2, he now says, be not conformed to this world Hallelujah. But be transformed by the meaning of your, word, of your mind. The word conform there is the Greek word suke matizo. You don't need to know the spelling. It doesn't really do much. Suke matizo. Suke matizo means to fashion yourself after another. To fashion yourself according to the way you are not. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So Paul is saying, do not begin to live the way you are not. So, do not be conformed to this world. Do not try to adjust yourself to the standards of the world. I feel like this generation needs to hear that a lot. As a guy, believers in this generation, we need to hear it. Amen. Glory to Jesus. You know. Don't let like me even talk about that. <sighs> ah, I know, some days ago, I was talking to a friend. I said, Ha. Ah. I said people are committing sin. No. <laughs> like, like like I just I, I saw a video. I saw a video on, on YouTube. And you know what's what, what appalls me the most is how people are so confident about speaking about immorality and claiming they are believers in public like you know there, there used to be a time when like if you like if you are committing immorality you don't agree that you are a believer do you understand like maybe you are lying If someone says are you a believer you are like or you don't, want to be, you don't want to be known as a believer in that kind of circumstance do you understand or I, do you get my point but now like people are saying it let me give you like a very good example like they asked <laughs> they asked somebody that was not married a young guy right that um, why do you have sex so much Right? No, no. no. The asked him is sex is sin, and he said, "Well, I'm a Christian, Shah, so like, <laughs> hey, hey. ah." He said, "I'm a Christian, shower, so sex is a sin." Do you get like just that? <laughs> ah, God, they try. Honestly, it can't, it can't be me. It's not possible. It's not possible. By this time, you're still sleeping. Sorry. <laughs> anyways, you know, so do not conform yourself, hallelujah, this instruction still stands today amen, hallelujah there are some things that are no go for the believer amen, glory to Jesus lying is still a sin, amen glory to Jesus, amen fornication is still a sin like, just so we are clear glory to God, you know I was, saying, I, 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 was, I was meditating to myself and I, I said something to myself. I said, particularly in this era where we are beginning to have a lot of believers being cool, dressing fine, and so on and so forth. Don't get me wrong, that's, in fact, I'll be the last person to criticize something like that. <laughs> Trust me. But my point is this, is that we are not dressing cool so that we can look good or acceptable so that people will be like, Christianity is not that bad. Let's try them out. Amen? We are, we are dressing this way because it is not a sin. Amen. If Christianity said we are top man with a flowing gown. Amen. That's what we'll wear. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Do you understand? Because like, I feel like um, people are beginning to have the mindset that we are dressing cool so that like, we are, we are making Christianity look cool. Do you guess so what? People will be like, ah, it's not that bad though. Let's try it out. No. Don't get it wrong. Amen. Glory to Jesus. The, we are not trying to look cool. like It's not like the Christianity of then, it's not the Christianity of now. It's the same. Amen. Are you don't sound excited. I was <laughs> it. Like, <laughs> Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. There are still codes of conduct. Glory to God. Ah, should I touch this thing? Should I touch it? Should I not touch it? Should I touch it? Should I touch it? should I touch it? Let me touch it. Glory to God. There are some things that we cannot do. Amen. There are some things that when I see believers do, I can tell that this one, you don't go on evangelism. Amen? Amen? As a guy, as a guy that goes on evangelism well, even not even well, even if it's once in a month or twice in a month, let me be honest with you, there's a mess that you cannot do. Glory to Jesus. Let's continue. Um, so, um, amen? Glory to Jesus. Oti You understand? If I don't need to go on now. I don't need to go on. Should I go on? I should go on. I will go on. <laughs> I will go on. But, but I just, like, Modesty is still it. It's still a, is still a trait in Christianity. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. There's still a place where the cat is supposed to get to. Amen. Ah, you poor no more. Ah. <laughs> ah, amen. Glory to Jesus. There's still a place the sketch is supposed to get to. Like, we know you're righteous in Christ Jesus. We know uh, who taught you. We are the one now. Huh? Like, who taught you? We are the one. But with all your righteousness, you wear long skirts. Amen. Glory to God. Let's go on. So, um. Hallelujah! I can see nails on the ground, nails and wood. <laughs> the table is totally shattered. Anyways, let, let's go on, let's go on. Alright. Because, the reason I'm saying this is because, I don't know if you guys think about these things, but if, look at the fact that what is the norm now was the extreme as that 20 years ago. Hallelujah! Even in Christian circles. Sometimes the issue is not is this bad or is it wrong. Sometimes the issue is what can it turn to. Are you with me? You need to think that way. The issue is not is the hairstyle bad or wrong. That's not the problem. Is the is the sketch too long or is too short? That's not the problem. The problem is, can it keep getting shorter? Are you with me? Think about it. If what is if what is norm, is the normal now, is ext- was extreme twenty years ago. What's going to happen in twenty years time? Amen. Amen. Selah. So, let's go on. So, we see in... Romans 12 and from verse, in verse 2, it says, Be not conformed to this world that suke matizou, do not align yourself um, according to whom you are not fashioned like. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. It now says, But be transformed, hallelujah, by the renewing of your mind. The word um, transformed is the Greek word metamofu. Now, don't, don't care about the spelling. Just don't worry. You can check it on your own. But the word metamofu is the word that means to, re, to um, what's the word now? Basically, it means to transform. But you see, it was the word that was used in Matthew Seventeen, Matthew chapter seventeen and verse. Uh, I'm coming. Yeah, Matthew seventeen and verse two. For Jesus on the mountain, Hallelujah. When um, Jesus, basically, when Jesus was transfigured on the mountain, let's go there. Matthew seventeen and verse two. Let's go there. I'm rushing because there's a whole lot to teach on today, and I don't have time. Hallelujah, glory to God. Amen, amen. Matthew seventeen and verse two. The person, the, the person I gave a word of, word of knowledge for about your aunt, the marriage of a relative, of your aunt that has been about five to six years now, I know. Can you close your Can everybody close your eyes, please? Can you close your eyes, please? If you are the one, can I just see your hands up? Okay, no problem. Put your hands down. Thank you. Close, open your eyes. Open your eyes. I, I didn't want to um, listen for, but God laid my heart. Please, just toward the end of the meeting, if I have not prayed for you guys, please remind me, all right? Glory to Jesus. Let's go on. <clears throat> so Matthew 17 and verse 2. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Ah, yeah. Matthew 17 and verse 2. See, eh, I want to beg you in the name of God. Don't miss Kerizu camp meeting. Kerizu camp meeting. Camp meeting next month. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. That's all I'm going to say. Matthew 17 and verse 2 so I'm reading from the HCSB by the way it says he was transformed in front of them and his face shone like the sun even his clothes became as white as the light, hallelujah the word transformed here is the same word metamufu now in this place, Jesus was transfigured hallelujah, and if you see what happened here it was as though he was like an angel right? his form was changed, his face was shining etc, etc, now pay attention to the fact that Jesus did not necessarily change it wasn't a different person it was the same person in a glorified form Hallelujah. So oftentimes, metamorphosis doesn't doesn't mean a change. It just means a change of state. Let me put it that way. Hallelujah. So it is not about you changing. Hallelujah. Or it's not about the change of your mind, right? It's actually about your mind getting better. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So when he says that um, you are transformed, it's not like it's a new person that appears. No, it is the same you, but you now become a better person. Hallelujah. You become a much more, in that sense, glorious form of yourself. Are we together? And how does that metamorphosis happen? It says by the renewing. Renewing, there is the Greek word anachinosis. Anachinosis means to make anew. It means to renovate. Hallelujah. The renewing of the mind. So, in other words, transformation for the believer primarily is the renewing of the mind. Hallelujah. Transformation is not the day when you stop lying. Amen. Amen. Transformation is not the day when that ex calls you and you say, no, I'm not doing. That's not transformation. Hallelujah. Transformation was happening in the moments when you were listening to God's word and God's word was changing your mind. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Then you can now begin to have an outward show of it. So in other words, what happened in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, where Paul was saying that you present your bodies a certain way, can only happen if verse 2 has happened. Are we together, guys? So you have to first be transformed by the meaning of your mind. By you doing that, you'll be able to present yourself as holy and acceptable. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together, guys? Right? And of course, your presenting is not unto God, it's unto men. You are holy and acceptable unto God, right? But you have to place yourself on exhibit to the world, to men. Right? Are we together, guys? Does that make sense? Does that make sense? So, in other words, why am I trying to explain this? I'm trying to explain this because this is what the believer is supposed to do the moment he's saved. He's supposed to now renew his mind. By the renewal of his mind, there is a metamorphosis going on that now causes him to act a certain way. But the problem is that oftentimes, most believers are saved, of course. They receive the the Spirit of God in them. But their minds are not renewed. And so their understanding has not changed. Glory to Jesus. And so they continue to live as though they were still men in sin. Does that make sense guys? Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Does that make sense? Amen. Now, this is exactly the problem that happened with Simon. Go to Acts 8. Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8 from verse 9 to 24. Let me give you the background of this story. So there was a man of God, sorry, not a man of God, it was a sorcerer. It was a sorcerer, you know, and this man had done interesting things in the city of Samaria. You know, convinced people, did such, etc., etc. But then, Jesus' power, superpower, he stepped in. Right? Philip went there, full of the Holy Ghost. You know, God, people say did mighty miracles and wonders. You know, wonders that even a sorcerer knows that, ah, this one day, you get, ah, no, no, no. So, when I confirm, you get, ah, no, no, lie. So he did that, and then Simon was converted. You know, in fact, I, I initially I used to think that that Simon Sostra was still was still an unbeliever. Once I realized that he was saved, go to Acts eight, Acts chapter eight, Acts chapter eight, uh, and verse. Sorry, Acts eight. Uh, Verse. Where is it now? Okay, verse thirteen. Was it 13? Yes, exactly. That's 13. I'm reading from the HCS. It says, Then even Simon himself believed. And after that, he was baptized. And after he was baptized, he went around constantly with Philip. Right? And was as standard as he observed the signs and great miracles that were being performed. Hallelujah. So, that had happened. Now, they now called for the apostles. Right? They called for the apostles to come and lay hands on them. Right? Lay hands on the new converts, basically. Because at that point in time, there were still some knowledge issues. Ah, I can't touch that here. I don't know... What, what someone am I going to touch on that? I know, I know he's in one of my Salmonos, but I can't remember which one. Alright. But anyways, so Peter comes around, and then he's laying hands on people. Now, by the laying hands of Peter, by laying hands on Peter, Simon now sees that ah, people are speaking in tongues. Alright. People are, you know, they are, um, um, they are flowing in the things of the Spirit, as Peter was laying hands. So Simon... Based on his experience before he was a sorcerer, and so the way he works with sorcerers is they bring money, you give it to the sorcerer, the sorcerer tells you some things about your future. Do you understand? So, Simon, too, thought this is how it is over here. Do you understand? So, he so he brought money, and now went to but unfortunately for him, he did not gonna meet the gentle person, he did not meet James or John, he went to meet (laughs) people. He went to me, Peter. You know, that place is over. Look at what Peter said. Go ahead. <laughs> Acts the 8. Acts chapter 8 and verse... Uh, let me see. From verse... From verse what? 20. Peter said, but Peter told him, May your silver be destroyed. <laughs> May your silver be destroyed with you. He says, because you thought the gift of God could be obtained with money. But you know that. That means if a lot of... If a lot of people's parents were in a day like today. Sure you know these things that Peter will say to them. Amen? You know, you know all those parents that when they, like the, they, when they don't like the person that their daughter brought, they will say, let's get meet our pastor. Let our pastor pray about it. Have you ever realized that if he doesn't have money, it's never the will of God? But anyway, <laughs> I don't even want to check this table. The parents too would have brought, or you know, those kind of offering those kind of seeds that are blind prophets. <laughs> when you bring all those humongous kind of seeds and the prophets cannot hear anything again, <laughs> not, they, the prophet have become like the prophet of Baal. <laughs> when Joshua, when he went to meet the prophets, he said, Should we go on, on the wall? Should, should we go to war? And he says, The spirit of lies. And then he said, ah, go, we see victory everywhere, <laughs> we see victory everywhere, you know, you know, ask, ask the prophet, prophet, you know, even from the way the mother is even telling the prophet, say, the prophet can already see that the mother doesn't like the, the guy, you know, like, you now ask the prophet that prophet, please prophet, say, let me what prophet see, amen, prophet will not say, ah, it, it will start well, but over the years, Ah! <laughs> you are you like, ah, how did you know? Amen. Yeah, you know, someone was telling me a joke then. <laughs> it's not been a joke, it's real life. This girl had two people that were interested in her. So, <laughs> so she went to meet her mom, right? I told her mom about the two of them. So the mom said, ah, no problem, like, give me some days. Well, about we leave, we sorrow. So, <laughs> so the woolly went to pray. By the time the woolly came back, the name that the woolly dropped, the, that one is a young boy. <laughs> You girl said ah mommy <laughs> say ah love boy money hear me <laughs> but if you say the will of god <laughs> ah oh god see eh, see now don't get me wrong eh this is not in any way to say that those people don't see thi- they don't see things alright or this is not in any way to say that prophecy of course I'll be the last person to say that prophecy is not true like look at my life do you understand so but my point is that it's not always that way, hallelujah this barbaric behavior of of making prophets do things with money it's terrible hallelujah, it's terrible we must abolish it amen, hallelujah we must abolish it, rubbish let's go on so, look at what Peter says to him here. He says, uh, in verse 20, May your silver be destroyed with you, because you thought the gift of God could be obtained with money. He says, You have no part or share in this matter, because your heart is not right before God. He says, Therefore, therefore repent of this wicked, wickedness of yours, and pray to the Lord, that the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness, and bound by iniquity. Kilo day just because I asked Just say, no, it's not possible. It doesn't work like that which one is you are bound by iniquity you know Peter sure you don't know your own You know not the same Peter Peter the small girl was asking him do you know him are you not one of them he said no Peter was cursing he said I swear to God I swear to God not, I'm not one of them I don't know him I don't know him you are now the one that is saying that somebody is bound by iniquity you same you Hallelujah. But the issue here, basically, and of course, um, one of the things, I'm not even sure where exactly I thought it, but one of the things that you would realize in the book of Acts is that there was a progressive knowledge of God in the church. Hallelujah. So there were some things that you would see that the church did in the earlier years that over time, they grew out of hallelujah a very keen one for example is the fact that the church from acts 1 until acts 15 did not know that salvation was for every man they thought it was only for jews do you know what do you know what it means that from acts 1 to acts 15 they never preached to a gentile except in acts 10. hallelujah and in fact in acts 15 when imagine um, paul and barnabas had already preached to the gentiles they had testimonies they were still, they were still being quarried. Do you know how terrible the church has to be for some... Like, these people have disciples. The disciples are praying in tongues. The disciples are getting other people saved. And the church still called them for questioning. Sounds like a particular. Don't worry. <laughs> Amen. Um, let me go on. Some of you didn't get that, but then the other ones that got it, they got it. If you know, you know. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me continue. So, what I'm not trying to, to let you see is that after a believer is saved, the next thing the believer needs is to be taught. Hallelujah. And one of the fundamental things that every believer needs to be taught about is prayer. Amen. You need to be taught about prayer. That phrase, you learn to pray by praying, no matter how honest and no matter what the idea behind it is supposed to be, is false. Hallelujah. You learn to pray by being taught. Hallelujah. Then you practice prayer by praying. Are we together? But you learn to pray by being taught. Glory to Jesus glory to Jesus so the question you want to ask yourself also is this and, and, and this is the reason why you want to um, um, see the importance of being taught about prayer because prayer is not peculiar to Christianity amen look at Genesis chapter 4 Genesis chapter 4 and verse 26 Genesis 4 and verse 26 Genesis 4 and verse 26 hallelujah glory to God Genesis 4 and verse 26 Before I was 26. Um, I, I sense sense in my spirit that someone here um had it's not been necessarily hard because it's not been long ago, but like you had a like a stomach ache at one side of your stomach, a stomach ache, one side of your stomach, it's not been long ago. It's, it's it's almost like it comes and goes at a particular time, but it has it happened not too long from now, actually. Who is the person? A stomach ache on one side of your stomach. Who is the person? Anybody? 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 It's you. Okay. Please remind me. I'll pray for everything together. So that's Amen. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. See, I'm not confused. I'm not confused. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Who is that person that you are scared because of? You've been thinking a lot about decisions, decision-making. You feel like there's a lot of decisions you have to make. And then you are burdened by it. See, let me, let me tell you the answer. Okay? It's not true. You don't have so many decisions to make. Amen? Someone said to me, someone said 80% of our worries are not realistic. Do you know what that means? Like 80% of your worries are unrealistic. Like, 80 percent of the things you worry about will never happen. It's... All those, all those... Here's the thing. You think you have a limited time to make all those decisions, but that's not true. Alright? You actually have enough time. Do you understand? Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, Genesis 4, verse 26. Genesis 4, verse 26. It says... Uh, okay, I don't think this is what... This is where I wanted to sing. Sorry. This is Genesis 6. Where it says, And people began to call upon the name of the Lord. Genesis 4.26. Uh, How come I'm seeing a different Genesis 4.26 here? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A son was born to Seth also. He named him Enosh. At that time, people began to call on the name of Yahweh. Hallelujah. Praise to Jesus. So, this was the origin of prayer. Hallelujah. When people began to call upon the name of God. Hallelujah. Had nothing to do with Christianity. It was just people realizing. And you see, this is one of the things that answers the question about folks who have never heard the gospel. In. ah, When are we going to touch that? I think that's going to be in 2020. Let's say 2022. 2023. In 2023, we are going to do an exposition on the gospel. And not gospel. And then I going to talk about. Um, going to talk about what happens to folks that have never heard the gospel before. All right. Um, how are they judged? What is salvation like for them? Hallelujah. And you will be able to show that from the visible things of the world, the invisible things about God are clearly shown. Romans 1 explains it, number 1, Romans 1 explains it. And then from something like this, that people began to call, nobody needed to explain to people about God. On their own, they began to call upon the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. In Acts 17, Paul arrived at Athens in Greece. And when he arrived there, one of the things he noticed was that they had many gods, and yet they made an inscription at a particular temple and they said, to the unknown God. So, they knew that there was a God that was unknown. Hallelujah! I know one of the craziest things about it was that that must have been the most powerful God because um, when Paul was talking Paul said that one of your poets said that he created the heavens and the earth in him we live, we move and we have our being so in fact that phrase in him we live and move and have our being is not necessarily a Christian statement it, to, it doesn't necessarily have to do with the life of Christ. It actually has to do with the normal life of a person, living, breathing, etc. etc. And he was referring to this was, He was saying to the unknown God. Did you know that to the, so the unknown God we were talking about was to God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. And so Paul did an exposition of that particular place. We examined those sermons in that teaching. Anyways. But what I'm trying to let you see basically is that the unbeliever or the person, atheists, basically, have no excuse. Amen. They, um, I don't even think we ever have time to explain apologetics and stuff like that, but I can tell you this thing for sure. Eh? Virtually, every atheist is emotional. I can tell you. Their strongest argument, it sounds funny Abby, because you explain that atheists are like scientists and so on and so forth. Their strongest argument, their strongest argument about atheism eh, is what? Is the problem of evil. If there is a God, why is there so much evil in this world? And it doesn't make any sense hallelujah don't let me say it doesn't make any sense because they actually have some very strong arguments all right but there are ways you can counter the arguments. is my point all right but that's not a, that's the subject for today i just thought to say that in person what i'm trying to let you see basically is that prayer is not a concept that is peculiar to christianity hallelujah go to jesus prayer is a concept that's peculiar to men hallelujah naturally there is in it in there's in it in every man the desire for the supernatural There's just something about us that wants to know about what is beyond here. I've always said this before. If you are an atheist and you believe that there is no God, why do you care so much about arguing about it? Like, for real, if, like, for example, it's like, um, I believe that there are, I believe that vampires don't exist. Do you understand? Then there are associations of people that actually believe that vampires exist. And they are living their lives based on the idea that vampires exist. Why do I have to waste my time explaining to you that vampires don't exist? They don't exist, they don't exist. Like you get like if someone came to meet me now and told me that vampires actually exist, like they don't exist. That's your problem. Do you understand my point? Do you get me? Like if they don't exist, there's no reason to be bothered by it. So what is with your fascination with explaining that God doesn't exist? Do you get my point? Like if it doesn't exist, uh, no problem now. Just be like, you know, you're not looking at us like, those people are just stupid. Do you get like, they're not wasting their time. Why do you? Why are you so fascinated about explaining that God doesn't exist? Doesn't make any sense. Are we together? Does that make sense, guys? So is, there are too many reasons, to, there are enough reasons to let you see that what you just have with most of them is an is an they don't you know you have pent up anger. Are we together? They 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 see God as irresponsible. Are we together? And so for that reason, they choose to believe it doesn't exist. Do you understand? They they want they prefer to believe that they prefer to believe that ah, a, a being that is so powerful cannot be so irresponsible. So I would rather believe that it doesn't exist at all. Are we together? But it's one thing to believe that God is bad or wicked, it's another thing to believe that he doesn't exist are we together? it's one thing to say he exists so but he's a bad person that's a different discussion but to say that because he's bad, he therefore doesn't exist it's like saying that mh one doesn't exist <laughs> amen Just or like our present amen <laughs> glory to Jesus so that's just that. So um, second page of the three and verse sixteen, second three and verse sixteen. So having seen um, that about prayer, that the fact that prayer is not restricted to Christianity, however, you now see second of the three and verse sixteen, the Bible says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for what? For correction and for instruction in righteousness. Hallelujah. The word reproof there is the Greek word elekos, hallelujah. Elekos, and elekos means to give evidence, hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. It's the same word that was used in Hebrews 11 and verse 1, where it says, Now faith is the substance of things not for the evidence of things not seen. The word evidence there is the Greek word elekos. Hallelujah. It is giving you a proof. Hallelujah. So when we want to gain evidence about the topic of prayer, we must look into scripture. Hallelujah. We must not base it on our experiences, whether good or bad. Hallelujah. We must have our understanding of prayer from the scriptures. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So let's move on. Let's look at about the fact of Jesus and his disciples as it has to do with prayer. Alright. So Luke chapter 11 and verse 1. Luke 11 and verse 1. Let's go there. Luke 11 and verse 1. Luke 11 verse 1. Brr, hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. I want to follow my time, so I'm I'm not I'm, I'll make sure I'm not overshooting anything. <laughs> I am beyond overshooting. So, look <laughs> eleven from verse one. This is are there, you can read. Are, are we all there? Are we there, guys? Are you there? All right. So let's be together. One, two, go. Ah, we are. Wait, 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 reading like draw soup. Don't do that, all right? Read with your chest, amen. Read like you're bold. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, Luke eleven one one two. Go. All right. So, Luke eleven one. You see that? While Jesus was... You know, can you read for me, please? Can you read? Luke 11, 1. Let's go. And he came to pass. And he came to pass. That, that exactly. You get the cue. Thank you. Alright. That as he was praying in a certain place... When he ceased. When he ceased wait. First of all, when he ceased. Hallelujah. These, these disciples had sins. Yeah. Amen. They came to meet him when he did what? When he was done praying. Amen. We have a generation that does not respect spiritual things. How do you see me praying? And then you're not... Alpha, alpha. You, you, you get to it for this. Don't you want to ever have to wait in your life? How do you see someone... No, I'm serious. How do you see someone praying? And then you come... See, let me tell you. One of the things that we're going to have to do in this generation, we're going to have to bring back the idea of honoring spiritual things. It's something that is very, it's very rampant. We don't... Ah. We, ah. Spiritual things, we are terrible at all. Amen? Hallelujah! Really Glory to Jesus. A terrible atonement. Let me give a very good example. I was talking to someone a while ago about um, in in the in in um what's the, in Orthodox in um Orthodox churches, like for example Catholics or Methodist churches. You dare not stand up when the when the priest is teaching. Do you realize? Throughout the everybody is sitting down. Anything that wants to happen to you, it will happen to you on that chair. You are not standing up. But now. <laughs> you see, someone is teaching. You do see somebody. I didn't. I'm sorry if it hits if the bullet hits you I don't. I didn't even pay attention. All right, I'm sorry if you're one of those persons. But like, and you can say, uh, you know, is the church like nobody should be bound or not? But it just shows a simple act of dishonor. Amen. You can't be. We used to joke about this in a lot. Where's the You can't be in front of a little thing and somebody will call you. You, you know, there's say, way you press your phone when you want to end the call. that is like, I though you should spoil it. <laughs> like, ah, like of all times, throw your love just shall know me. You know what like i say, Like, just off. Oh, Are we together? But it's church. You now even say. Let me tell you the worst thing. You now talk, talk, talk. You now say, ah, actually, I'm in church. Don't be annoyed. Let's talk later. Just continue. You already what's the point? You already been talking. Just go on. Amen. idea we must bring back the. The, the, the idea of honor for spiritual things. Don't text me on a Sunday morning. Are you high? Like, what do you. And yes, let's see my reply. Amen. Hallelujah. And the problem is this is that we allow it. Let me tell you something. Do you realize that no matter how busy you are, even as a Muslim, as a Muslim, no matter how busy you are as a Muslim, you are never stopped from praying? Let me tell you how serious it was. It was so serious, I don't know if it happens in your class, but on Fridays, when I was on campus then, if you are supposed to have a lecture, a lecture, and it's the time for them to pray on Fridays, they will shift the lecture because of that. Are we together? Well, I I hope you realize that the only reason you don't have lectures on Sundays is because Sunday is a weekend. It's not because you're having service. Amen? Amen? Thank you. I just I just said I should add that. Because now, I you work in Lagos, there are terrible places in Lagos that on Sundays. And the most annoying thing, you find that some of these people, some of these companies, their owners are Christians. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God for our Muslim brothers and sisters. A public holiday. Those people know how to give. <laughs> Sorry that several sisters, but you guys understand what I'm trying to say. Thank God for their public. If not, if it was left to Christians, like we have so belittled the idea of honor for spiritual things, it's something we need to revive him. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Don't press your phone when you are praying. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't press your phone when you are talking to your pastor. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Oh uh, no, now. Oh no. Don't there were times when when you hear that someone is a pastor there is a way you, like there is a reverence you have for them some of you your boyfriend will see your pastor you know, say ah that's even your pastor you do not say you, not, you not say ah be, he's not he's not really old like that too. <laughs> he's not really old like that but by the time you broke up he was the one that was amen glory to Jesus that, see I'm not even going to that's all I'm going to say about that. Amen. Learn to honor spiritual things. Are we together? Learn to honor them. So, let's continue, please. Luke 11.1. 1. Go on. Alright, when he says, right, One of the disciples said unto him, Lord, Lord, Lord teach us to pray. as John also does this, I, I want you to pay attention to some things here. First of all, is that they observed Jesus' life and as a, reason of the, as a reason of the observation of his life, they came to a point where they understood that this thing this man is doing has to be tied to his prayer life, hallelujah! Glory to Jesus, that's my one. Number two, they said, Teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Glory to Jesus, as John, also, so in other words, they believe that part of the curriculum for discipleship is prayer. Hallelujah! I've, I've, I always say this to my folks I cannot call you my disciple if I don't pray with you, amen you could be learning from me, you could listen to my sermons and be blessed, you know, etc, etc but you cannot say that I am your trainer in the word, if we are not praying together hallelujah part of the curriculum of discipleship is what? prayer hallelujah, and so there are two things therefore, as a discipler you must have a life that exemplifies prayer, where your disciples look at you, and they come to a consensus that ah there is something about this person's prayer life that commands the kind of results he has. Are we together, guys? Does that make sense? Are we together? Pray to Jesus. And then the next thing, notice that Jesus did not now say, you know, when he did not get to meet you? now says that there are depths to these things. Hallelujah! There are depths and labels, There are realms and portals and realities. That's not what he says. Hallelujah! What does he do next? He teaches them on prayer. Are we together, guys? Are we together? Therefore, you must know how to teach on prayer as a disciple. Amen. You must be able to teach. So you must be able to train in prayer. They must see your life that like it exemplifies prayer. But also, you must be able to teach on prayer. Hallelujah. There are certain things that you actually you catch them by saying, to be honest. You can't necessarily teach it. And I'm going to talk about those things soon. But primarily, prayer is to be taught. Amen. There are fundamentals of it. Those fundamentals are thoughts. And then there's also some other things that you can only just catch it by saying. When you stay around people long enough, you catch the fire. Are we together, guys? Does that make sense? But first and foremost, you must teach on prayer. Hallelujah. And that's what we are here for. So, how to pray? Let's move on. How to pray? How to pray? There are five steps on how to pray. First of all, kneel down. <laughs> Why are you all of you All of you are dressed up here like, hey, where are we? <laughs> <laughs> Yay, man! So how to pray? So we see that in Luke eleven, while Jesus was speaking to his disciples and about to teach them to pray, Jesus in, in introduces a very interesting concept called the importunity of prayer. Go to Luke eleven, chapter verse five. Luke eleven, verse five. Luke chapter eleven, and verse five. Importunity in prayer. I'm going to read from verse 5 I'm going to read down to verse 8 from verse 5 he says he also says to them suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him friend lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I don't have anything to offer him he says then he will answer from inside and say don't bother me the door is already locked and my children and I have gone to bed I can't get up and give you anything first of all I'm just saying I just thought to say that I cannot come and knock on your door Around 12 <laughs> and you're not telling me that your children are sleeping. Your children will wake up. It's not waking it because before you born those children, I was there. Amen. So you cannot be telling me that I should be reducing my voice because of some children. They will wake up. If you like yourself, just give me the bread and geisha. Let me go in. <laughs> well, anyways, so, <laughs> so going on, it says I tell you, even though he won't get up and give him anything because he's his friend, that's a terrible friend, by the way. Let me continue. He says, "Yes, because of his friend's what? importunity." Yes, yes, because it's his friend's persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. So, in Luke eleven, after the disciples of Jesus, "Teach us to pray," Jesus first of all talks about the Lord's prayer. I can't explain the Lord's prayer today; we don't have time. So. One day, we're going to touch on the Lord's prayer all right? But the first thing Jesus introduces them to After the Lord's prayer Is the idea of importunity in prayer And the NCSB calls it what? He calls it persistence in prayer You see, one of the mindsets that you must have towards prayer Is that you are persistent about it And this is where I'm going to start from Is that you are persistent You see, one of the, the, one of the biggest issues I've seen among believers Is that we are so easy It's so easy for us to just lose faith Hallelujah Hallelujah like it's so easy. Like it, it's a couple time. It is proof that you don't believe in it. Amen. Let me tell. You, let me show you a proof. Let me show you something. If you had a remote, a remote, as for you guys, I mean Nigerians now. So you press, you press your remote. Like you try to use it on your this thing, or your TV. It doesn't work. First time, second time. What do you do? Bah bah. Right. Someone said. Someone said on Twitter that why do why do Nigerians slap their remotes? When it's not working, so I replied, "Why does the remote start working after we slap it? Is <laughs> the remote fault? If you won't work, then we just gonna, ah slapping doesn't work, oh. right? Then you, so the question is this: Why did you drop the remote after you pressed it and it didn't work? Because you believe that the remote has the capability to do it. It's just that it's not working at that point in time. Hallelujah! So you realize that if this thing doesn't change, the problem is not the remote. The problem is that there's something wrong somewhere that I have to fix up. But this remote can work. Do you understand me? So often times, when we give up on something a lot, the issue is that we don't believe in it. Hallelujah. You do it the first time it doesn't work. And then you give up. You don't believe in it. Do you take the first pill of your medication? For those of you that are normal anyways. Those of you that are normal. Do you take the first pill of your medication and then you stop using it because it's not working? Those of you that are normal. Emphasis. I'm not going to be like Mabel. But let's go on. I didn't want to call your name. The spirit of God spoke out. I can't stop him. It's the Lord speaking. You are not one I prayed for all trans. So well. So, <laughs> you know, you don't stop it because, in fact, sometimes you, you finish the dose, it doesn't work, you go back to the doctor, Abi. He said, doctor, I didn't work, oh. Amen. Hallelujah. Kenneth again said something. He said, if people could just learn to give the same faith they have in medications to healing, alright, we will see so much more healing. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, see, you need to, you need to get to the point where you are you are literally on the verge of madness about it. There was a time when I was praying for someone, for healing them and I told us, it got to a point, I told us something I said, until when you are fine I'm going to keep sending you voice notes for healing morning, afternoon and evening every day you need to understand where you've got this at that point in time it, I, like I said, until when you are okay if you are not okay, I'll keep sending it it doesn't matter how long, I'll keep sending it if all I say in the voice notes is you are healed, I'll send it morning, and, and trust me, I did it for three days Morning afternoon, evening, morning afternoon, evening, morning afternoon, evening. What? you will be healed. Amen. Hallelujah. You need to have that persistence. Hallelujah. Praise God. You will hold on to it. You know what I'm it's not working, it's not working. That's your problem. You see, the problem with you is that you feel like you're in your mind, you're not saying it, but there are still other options. Amen. Even if it doesn't work, I can try it like this. That's the problem. Remove all the lifelines, remove all the nets. Pray and say, if it doesn't happen, there is no way, oh. there is no other way. Hallelujah. It must happen. Glory to Jesus. We're going to talk about other things that surround prayer, you know, so on and so forth. But the first and foremost thing was you not know about prayer is this persistence. Hallelujah. It must happen. You know, we, you don't, you don't just give up anyhow. You don't give up. Hallelujah. You're not a victim, you're a victor. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. Hallelujah. Make it manifest through us the server of his knowledge in every place. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We have the victory in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Thanks be unto God who always gives us victory through Christ Jesus. You have the victory. You're not a victim. You're not a wimp. Don't just back down. It's so... It, you know, so, sometimes... I, so, I, I talk to some of you. What am you doing? me? Like, I'm serious. Like I'm talking to you. You're like, sir. You know, this generation... I dare say, it's the generation with the least mental strength. Small post on Twitter, and you're already destabilized. Like I, I guess, wonder. Like honestly, I actually thought about it. That, way. is it that we are more vocal about it, or that we are just weaklings? I never thought about it before. That our parents? Did our parents used to easily get mentally destabilized like this? Like no but, like, we need to be honest with ourselves now. Every day you be hearing someone can say we'll be posting on this thing, don't now come and block me from your status. So but even you don't block your status, I'm stressed. Overthinker, <laughs> ah, my life is showing you. See, I'm an overthinker, nobody, nobody understands me. You know, there's so much happening, so much going on. Trying to keep up a social life, a healthy life, drink water. You know, I can't wait. Uh, you What's know. <laughs> doing this one? Hallelujah! No, it's serious. You, you need to have some fortitude, eh? Have How strong, how shock absorber. Hallelujah. Please, uh, you say, um this thing, some of you eh, I can be, I can tell if your <laughs> if your data should finish, eh? It can be enough easy for you not to attend church the next day. Because you're like God, where are you? Like, you know, I'm serious. Because I talk to some of you, and I'm, don't get me wrong, bro. there are things that actually shake people, but at least have some cleaning now. Amen. Uh, have some strength there now. Hallelujah. It's not a smart thing. God, why? No, so who? He said, God, why me? Who? Who else? Your brother? Or who? Ah. Say, God, why me now? No, now. That's all. Stay in the place of prayer. You say, you say, uh, well, I, I usually don't like using myself as um, example for things like this. But don't let me lie to you. Eh? Before something will happen to me and you'll find out. It take a while. Most of the time, people is to find out after. He can't. He's see. I will lose my joy on top of this. I ah, know. I've come too far. Amen. Glory to Jesus. I will stay in the place of prayer. And you know, one of the things I gave myself. In fact, I tell myself I won't pray about it. Don't, now, please don't be like me. Oh. Pray. Oh. Amen. Pray. Oh. But I've just gotten to this point in my life where I told myself situations won't determine the course of my prayer life. It still happened some time ago now. I think was it last week or last two weeks when there was something going on, and I really wanted to pray about it so bad. In fact, no, in fact, that's even so far. Two days or three days ago, I woke up. I told myself that night, I was already thinking about it. So I told myself tomorrow morning when I wake up, this is what I'm going to pray about. All right. But of course, there was something else I was praying. And I, I mean, because meeting is coming. This meeting was about to hold, so I was praying as regards that. So I, I wasn't praying for anything else really. And so when I woke up in the morning, I was going to pray for it. Like at the end of the day, I already started praying, you know? and at the point I just stopped. It felt so stupid to me. I'm sorry. Like it was very, like. So you will not change. Like I felt like I was talking to myself, like ah, now wow. So you will not change what you've been praying for. Just because of this thing. Immediately I just changed it back. Amen. Have some resilience. Glory to God. Not that your boyfriend is annoying to you. Like, ah, ah. Some of you are used to ah, ah. if any of you are that my disciples, if any of <laughs> Amen. But my point basically is this have persistence. Hallelujah. It's we either work or it will work glory to Jesus it's we either walk or it's we walk you know they say yes or yes that's it too so, um, it's a set of um, this man uh, not Billy Graham uh, is it Charles Spurgeon so it's, not, it's not Charles Spurgeon I've forgotten his name now uh, ah I've forgotten his name picked up picked up someone from the ground a dead man came, hit him on the wall fuck wake up Man stood up, coughed their hand. That's it, hallelujah. You need to see, you need to have that mindset. Let me tell you, at that point in time, it's not you need to understand. There is still the possibility that it doesn't work. Do you get me? But we don't care, amen. You don't care, hallelujah. You don't care, you don't care. You don't think about a lifeline right at that point in time think about it. Listen to me. When we say, for example, and this is for my folks, when we say that we're going to cover the world with the gospel, listen to me. You need to understand this. There are a million and one reasons why we can't. It is, not, it is not we acting as though opposition is not there, or it doesn't matter. But this is the point. We either cover the world or we cover the world. Amen? It's that way. Amen? Is that... So, see, I'm not going to say something and then I'm not saying, ah, maybe we cannot cover the world though. Maybe we'll just cover Lagos. Amen let's leave it. You know, after you try something You're like, ah, oh, it's not working the way it just, You know, Let's not now be saying that we cover the world Hallelujah We cover the world Amen Hallelujah When it's looking like it When it's not looking like it When you have and It's just two people that are there We are covering the world Amen And we're going to do it Amen Hallelujah We're just two people We cover the world Four people we cover the world Six people we cover the world Eight people we cover the world Hallelujah We will cover the world last last Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. There must be a persistence to it. Persistence. Persistence. And oftentimes, of course, this boldness comes from an assurance that it is in the will of God. Hallelujah. Oftentimes, the reason why, the reason most believers are not persistent about the things they pray for is because oftentimes what they are praying for in itself is not in the will of God for them. Hallelujah. Oftentimes, there is a struggle in their hearts as to whether or not what they are praying for is really for them. When there is a struggle in your hearts, you can't pray well. Hallelujah. God, is it is the one for me? Is it the one? Don't bother. He's not the one. <laughs> hey, amen. <laughs> don't bother. You see, the girl that you're asking now, I was service? she said, I, I don't really do church. You're not asking, is that God? Is that the plan for me? He's not the plan. Don't bother about what God is saying. I'm saying it already. Through God. God is speaking through me. That's Noah. Amen. She's, the half of you is in front. Amen. Walk forward. Glory to Jesus hallelujah so the first thing first is this is this God's will hallelujah I'm going to teach in this teaching I'm going to teach on leading God's leading and projects and I'm going to see some things you must learn to stand on the word two things that God told me when, um, when he was speaking to me about discipleship he said I'm going to raise two set of persons two persons um, people that have two characteristics basically number one is that they will be disciples of, disciples in the word but number two is that they will be audacious and tenacious with faith hallelujah Glory to Jesus. Don't let me lie to you. If you're going to cover the world with the gospel, you have to be audacious. Amen. You have to do things that people will wonder how would are people that did this thing. Amen. If we are not doing that yet, we can't cover the world. Don't let me lie to you. Amen. I was praying, was this two or three days ago, and God said something. God said, you need to run as though you are being chased because that's how the devil is running. Ah. Come on. There's some words that when you pray, when you are praying and you hear them, first pause. Ah. Come on. That one deal. You get like, ah. Oh my deal. I and, what was that? and what was the reason for the word? I was contemplating something in my mind. You know, there's times when God gives you some instruction. And like, God is you, all. I get to, you get go. I beg now. You know what I'm saying? Like, and oftentimes it's basically because of what people say. Do you understand? Like, I don't want to come off a certain way. Jesus, so what would people say? And then God has said that, you know, God said that, He said, you need to run as though you have been chased. Because that's the way the devil is running. When he said it, I said, I don't worry. We'll do it. We'll do. We'll do. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. And so, when things like that happen, there is a persistence to which you pray. You know that this is God's will. Amen. There is a persistence to which you pray. It is God's will that people be healed. There is a persistence to which you pray. Amen. You keep praying. Hallelujah. I had a headache yesterday. I prayed for you. You are feeling well. Today you have a headache again. I pray again. Hallelujah. Me, in fact, sometimes, I think, I think I've been in an organization where I pray for the person so much, that even the person is not this, you get like, is enough, it's not do, leave me alone. Hallelujah, <laughs> my feelings swear. There, are people, there are a lot of times that I pray for people, I'm the one that's running after them. How is your body now? Are you better? Yes, it's, you know, are you? because oftentimes it's not just about you, it's about me. Amen. For every testimony of healing, it strengthens me to flow in healing more. Hallelujah. So it's not just about you, it's also about me too. Amen. I feel like I'm digressing so much. But I'm just let, let me just say this. Point and clear. The first thing to note about prayer is persistence. Hallelujah. Persistence in prayer. Glory to Jesus. Persistence in prayer. Learn to persist. Learn to pray a little bit more. Learn to pray. Pray more. Pray more. You are praying. You prayed for it. It did not seem like it. Keep praying again. Keep praying again. Pray. See, there, there are points you get to in prayer. And I'm going to explain this when we get to burdens. There are points you get to in prayer. You know that has happened hallelujah you know it praise God I was talking to someone yesterday about words of knowledge I said there's a words of knowledge that give some people and if, even, even when, when they tell you that it's correct you're like eh hey, you're not going to like a word of knowledge like he gave the word though but when the person does say that accurate you're not like ah is that accurate and there's some other words like even if the person tell you that it's not correct you tell them go and check I've given someone a word of knowledge I get a word of knowledge about I think experience or something about someone being sick at home or something then he said it's not true I said no don't be so sure I said call them first call them Eh-he. he said he now calls he said ah it's true he said Eh-he. you are the one that is wrong I know you better than you amen there are some there, honestly there are some times like that you guys know what I'm talking about now there are some words that you know it's in your heart Like if you, like if you don't say it your chest will rip off do you get my point? Like you are so sure. Hallelujah. You must have that kind of mindset with prayer. I learned that thing from um, Pastor Moreira. He, told, he said that you will pray until when you feel the body lift. You will pray it until you, you can feel an ease in your heart. That ah, it has happened. You know. Hallelujah. the Christ was talking about it. He says that in those times, he says your, your prayer language changes. He says initially you are praying, Lord, we are taking over this place, we are taking over this place, we are taking over this place. He says at some point you stop. He say we have taken over. Eh? Hallelujah. You don't know. You know it. You say, how do you know? I just know. You say, how do you... Uh, if you ask me, how do I know some leaders that I take, uh, this and this, how do you know that God told you to do this? I just know. I just know. I respect what I said that God told them in their ear. God told them in their heart. God... talks to me sooner. But anyway, it's like... Me, I don't really hear like that too. Maybe I have. Maybe like once or twice. But like, I don't really... Most of it, I just know. Knew, and that knowing is enough for me. Amen? So, that knowing... I will use it to walk to the ends of the earth. Glory to Jesus. If, if I can just know, that the end do Anything that God doesn't want to do, you should not let me know. Because once I know, I will do, amen? Glory to God. Uh-huh. I'd rather make a mistake doing what I know than not do at all. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. So persistence the place of prayer. The second thing that Jesus would have us know about prayer, look at it. Look at thing from verse 9 to 14. Look at what Jesus was saying in Luke one. He says, and this was Luke talking. He says, and Jesus spake a parable to this end, that men ought always to pray. Hallelujah. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. Hallelujah. Say, I ought always to pray and not faint. I mean, of course, the faint here is not that you faint. Like, oh, oh my God, bring water. No, that's not the faint. Alright. The faint here is that you don't lose heart. Hallelujah! Don't lose heart easily. I don't know how well I can explain this to this our. I, I feel like when I always say our generation, it makes me look like I'm one kind of person. But please, like, stop being so weak. We are so we are soft. like butter. Amen. Stop being so skinny now. Hallelujah! Do it to Jesus. We cannot die for the gospel. Amen? You can't die for the God. Honestly, oh, I hope you know who for the God's pusher. Amen? A, you cannot die. do let me lie to you. Uh, I, remember, <laughs> I remember one Sunday, <laughs> one Sunday in church there, I think it was an all day service. This person just came on the, on the altar, lifted her hands, and said, For this cause I live, for this cause I die. Me! I just waited. Like, don't get me wrong, bro. it's not like I'm not there, old. But, see, I mean everything I say. I cannot be talking. And I was mean, so looking at everybody. everybody just giving their hands. For this cause, I leave. Mean. And these people, out? 3 treat you 4 pm, you'll not come. I <laughs> say <laughs> Even ordinary to stay on that sun for the gospel, you've not stayed on that sun. You are not saying you love know, banjo. you know, you know, you are not telling him. <laughs> How much more? Hallelujah! Glory to Jesus. That so soft. Amen. Give us some thick, thick skin. Hallelujah. You know, Paul was speaking to Timothy, and one of the things he said about the minister of the gospel, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, he says that no man that and entangles himself with the affairs of this life. Hallelujah. He, he calls him a soldier. A man. A man that was. Glory to Jesus. You're not just any ordinary person. You're a soldier. You're literally on a military assignment. There are ways you do your things that other people cannot understand. He says, Thou therefore enjoy hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Second chapter 2, and verse 3. Hallelujah. Enjoy hardness. Amen. End your hardness. Some of you fast at 12 o'clock, you cannot breathe well again. <laughs> and then you are the same person for all this because I live, for this cause I die. you've died already. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So in Luke 18 verse 1, he says that men not always to pray and not to faint. Then he gives us a parable. And then from verse 9, he gives another parable. Look 18 from verse 9. Let's go there. Luke 18, 9. Look at 18 from verse 9. He says, he also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and looked down on everyone. He says, two men went up to the temple the temple complex to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. He says, the Pharisee took his stand and was praying like this. God, I thank you uh, that I'm not like the other people, greedy and unrighteous, uh, adulterous, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, uh, I give uh, a tenth of everything I get hallelujah, uh, yes, but then the tax collector is like, standing far, would not even raise his eyes to heaven, But I personally believe that one of the reasons that this guy could not raise his eyes to heaven is because of the Pharisee. <laughs> you know, I remember, that, I remember that when they are there with you, we feel like, God... <laughs> I think I've had an experience like that before. Have you ever been in a prayer meeting where somebody's praying in tongues? Hey, I feel like, God, is it tongues I have? <laughs> like, they're like, can we have a consensus? Like, the tongues that I have, I don't think it's right to be speaking in tongues in place of people like this. Let me just move to the left and be praying there. Do you understand my point? Or me speak tongue, let him be speaking in tongues, let be saying, That one is more appropriate because it's not like disrespect to be speaking, you know? And so... Look! Look at what this guy says here. He says the taker, standing far off, will not even raise his eyes to heaven, but striking his chest and saying, "God, turn your wrath from me, a sinner." He says, "I tell you this: one went down to his house justified, rather than the other, because everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted." Now you now find people who use this place to talk about believers that you know. So we should not be boastful. We say that we are holy, we are justified, we are righteous. First of all, this wasn't referring to believers. Amen? Hallelujah. This was a parable to one Are we together? Great together. You see, you cannot be more humble than speaking what God's word says about you. As a matter of fact, when you choose to speak based on your experience, you have been proud. Hallelujah. You believe that your conduct, you believe that the way you behave is more potent than the work of Christ. That has been proud. Humility is saying what God's word says about you. That even though you don't seem like it, Now this doesn't mean you live your life anyhow, but even though you don't seem like it yet, right? You speak forth what God's word says about you. Are we together? Glory to Jesus! You speak forth what God's word says about you. There's someone around this um, this side. That phrase I just said, "Speak forth what God's word says about you," actually is an instruction for you. All right, you know, God has God has called you a minister of the gospel that is effective. Full of the Holy Ghost and has power. Learn to see yourself as such. You know, learn to stop being timid. Learn to stop saying those terrible things about yourself. Learn to stop saying that you are not capable. For all of the ability that you need is present in you. He has said, Lord, I will never leave you nor forsake you." Hallelujah. Bible says, Second chapter three and verse five. He says, "Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything of ourselves." He says, "But our sufficiency is of what? Is of God." Hallelujah. Say, "My sufficiency is of God." Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. So uh, so in look, So let me just say something About this particular part So you see that In prayer Now Jesus now refers to this place And says that the person who lives here Who, who lives here justified Was actually the tax collector And not the Pharisee Why? Because the Pharisee was looking upon The things he was doing in himself <laughs> Sorry, but then the tax collector. Now, in those days, you don't go to the temple empty-handed. When you go to the temple for for things like this, particularly when it has to do with sins, you go with a sacrifice. Are we together? So it, in fact, is depicted that when he when he puts his hands around his um, chest and then he bends down, some theologians say that he was looking down upon the sacrifice. Are we together? So it was to give a particular mindset. Hallelujah! That I am praying to you, God, on the basis of my sacrifice. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So, I do not account my righteousness as being of myself, but I account my righteousness as being of this sacrifice. Hallelujah. And of course you know that in the new creation, Jesus is the sacrifice for our sins. Hallelujah. So in other words, Jesus also wants you to pay very important attention when it comes to prayer. Righteousness, consciousness. Hallelujah. You do not come to prayer based on, your, based on how good you have acted or how well you have acted. You come to prayer upon the basis of the sacrifice of Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. You see, if you are the kind of person that, ways, that your prayer life is based on how good you behave or how bad you behave, you can't have a good prayer life. Amen. You know, for some of us, one, one of the ways we pray, when we want to pray in the morning, you first take a little survey of yesterday. How did yesterday go? In your mind, you don't you don't do it intentionally, but unconsciously your brain scans through everything you did yesterday. And maybe God forbid, yesterday was the day of that your dinner. In fact, most likely, if you had dinner yesterday, you most likely not be praying the next morning. Amen. Amen. I'll go on. Glory to Jesus. He's just me trying to tell you that, please. Pray the next morning after the dinner. We've noticed. Reports have come to us that people don't pray on the morning of the dinner. Because you always leave the dinner very late. Because you're always there for the after party. Which by the way, I wonder what the believer is doing there. But no problem. Let's I'm not judging you or anything. Let's just, let's just go on. Let's just, you know. Let's just let's just go on. I mean, I mean I mean in the after party, I mean you were giving talks and invitation, I believe. You know, you, you weren't doing anything at all. Nothing at all. But I mean, we have the videos, but we won't see anything. It's all good. Um, look at scene from verse 9 to 14. Ah, what was that sort of sound that came out? Or was that a sound of the Holy Ghost? thank God hallelujah see some of you are the reasons why the gospel cannot reach your classmates honestly I'm not joking it sounds like a joke ah wait say what is it I didn't talk I I, wasn't even you 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 say what is it I'm just saying honestly some of you are the reasons why the gospel cannot reach your classmates and I'm not even lying when I was my four hundred level at my phone level, and I was staying with someone that a lot of you guys know, a very popular comedian, and, chap. and so while we were there together, we were having this discussion. So it was, um, it was, it, of course, he knew that I was always going to church, you know, church meetings, etc., 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 etc. And then he said something very, very profound. He said that he said among you people, let me just put it that way, among you people, he said there are at least two ladies that I've done stuff with. Let me just put it that way. At least two. And then he even got to the point where I say, I can show you. I, I don't want to know. Don't want to know. But then, like I, I get the point that people make mistakes. But there was a particular day when this one was terrible. I came I came in, in the, when I came back from posting in the evening, this lady was around. And this lady was in the room. In the room and I went for posting the next day like I went to clinic the next day she was still there I came with, when I came back in the evening she had just left like an hour ago I, they didn't do anything of course they were just giving talk and interpretation now by the time she now left and now I was, I was, I, so you just came out of course guys like that so I was like ah the you know feeling himself of course these guys were healing him feeling himself and everything. And then he said something profound. He was like, and he he just told me that's the escort, this is so fellowship. This is so escort, this is so fellowship. And he told the are yeah, straight up. Because these guys don't care honestly. They don't. They just told me this is this person. Right. And of course he knows that I was going to still meet her at one point or the other. But then he just said it shabby. And if I'm not going to lie to you, that was a major problem in reaching out to this guy. Hallelujah. Some of you some of you do stuff and you don't you don't realize how terrible the impact is. Amen. They are, sharing, they are sharing drinks. You don't want to look bad, so you don't drink. Does it make sense? does not it now. Hallelujah. Don't do such. Amen. Is God. That's one Don't let me go too much in the, into those conversations. Hallelujah. That's the reason why some of you cannot even post Christian stuff on your status. For you to post more Christian stuff, you block like 10 people. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise Jesus. Let's just go on. Uh, Please change. It's not too late. Some of you feel like, ah, it's too late Don't let me lie. Hopefully it's not too late. Just change. Amen. So that the gospel can reach them. Help us help them. Hallelujah. So let's go on. So, one of the interesting things that you also see about prayer, we talk about um, persistence, is righteousness consciousness. As you, say, as you saw from Jesus, from the example that Jesus just gave. In James 5 and verse 16, you know, um, 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 one, one of the things that James says there, he says, Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. He says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And you need to ask yourself the question, Why did he have to use the phrase righteous there? Hallelujah. Why did he have to use the phrase righteous? He I I said, The effectual the fervent effect prayer of a believer. Make tremendous Why did he have to use righteousness? Because you see, there is something about righteousness Consciousness in the place of prayer And when we say righteousness, consciousness We don't mean righteousness based on your works You mean the righteousness that is by faith in Christ Jesus Hallelujah Glory to Jesus Second Corinthians, second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 He says, He has made him to be sinful He has made him to be sinful For us who knew no sin That which will be made what? That which will be made what? The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus In him Amen Hallelujah Say I'm the righteousness of God In Christ Jesus Amen. So your righteousness is a function of the sacrifice of Christ. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 3, verse 21 to 22, it says that the righteousness of God apart passed from the law is revealed. Be witnessed by the, by the laws and the prophets. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. The righteousness that is by faith. So I am made righteous by faith. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness hallelujah with the heart with the, sorry with the heart man believes unto righteousness hallelujah say with the heart I believe unto righteousness hallelujah as long as the mindset to have when you pray when you are praying you shouldn't be scaring yourself to say ah did I sin yesterday did I not sin even though those things affect your mind hallelujah but you see your righteousness consciousness should be primarily based on the fact that God has died for my sins I hope that makes sense when I say God has died for my sins God in the person of Jesus has died for my sins. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. And so that is the assurance with which I speak to him. Hallelujah. That is the assurance with which I pray. Hallelujah. Because truthfully speaking, no matter how good you acted yesterday, just look at it this way. No matter how good you acted yesterday, you you are not still qualified to pray. Hallelujah. If I ever have the opportunity eh, to speak to Joe Biden one on one, it would be it will be it will be unsmart of me to think that it was because of the good things I did. I did. Like I'm talking about at this point of my life, oh, right? This that then I say, oh, you have the opportunity or the access to speak to Joe Biden, alright, whenever you want. Then I now look at myself and I say, ah man, F., That means I've done stuff. Oh, is me stupid? I really, uh, that kind of access was granted to me, so it can only be granted to me by Joe Biden, solely because he just wants to grant it to me. Are we together? Does that make sense? So, if you have access to pray to God, it's a waste of time to be thinking that, ah, I must have done so well that I now have access to pray. Are we together, guys? No matter how good you have acted, your, that's what Isaiah was saying, He says, our righteousness has a funeral. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So, the righteousness consciousness you should have in, pray, in prayer is the righteousness that Jesus has given you. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Let's move on. Alright. So next up, um, why did Jesus pray? Why did Jesus pray? In other words, what does prayer do? You know, have you ever come to ask yourself this question? Why would Jesus pray? Why? You know, Jesus is, as I've said before, just as God on the earth. Hallelujah. Bible says in First Timothy 3, verse 16, He says, For without controversies, Great is the mystery of godliness. It says God was manifest in the flesh. Hallelujah. He was, what, what, was it, what, what did he say he again? Manifest in the flesh. He was, seen, he was justified in the spirit, right? He was seen of angels. Uh-huh. He was believed on in the Gentiles. And he was received up into glory. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So he says without controversy, grace is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Colossians, Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9. He says that, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead body. Hallelujah. In Him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Hallelujah. So when we see Jesus on the earth, we saw the fullness of God in a man. Hallelujah. You know, people often think that Jesus is a smaller God. There's God, there's Jesus, then there's the Holy Spirit because He's in us. So that's the smallest. No. Hallelujah. Jesus was God as a man. Hallelujah. You know, in John chapter 14 from verse 8 to 9, Philip says, Ah, he says, you know, when Jesus was about leaving, Philip says, ah, God, he says, show a master, show us the father, and it sufficed us. And Jesus felt so insulted. Jesus said, have I been so long with you, Philip? You know how Philip was a funny guy, honestly? Personally, if he was my disciple, I would change that for the guy. Like, ah, he don't share, go, no. you will not only show us the father. You are the same person, after we rose from the dead, you see, unless I put my hand in his side and in his hand, I will not know his visit. If I'm the one, when I enter, that he says, my Lord and my God, I'll say, get out. They are not serious. Oh, serious? get out. What have I been teaching you for three years? Uh, get out. But, anyways, I mean, it's Jesus, not me. He, Philip was lucky, by the way. Just want to say. So, you know, and he says, Show us the Father, survived. And Jesus said, Have I been so long with you, Philip? I could almost tell that Jesus was pained. says, Have I been so long with you, Philip? And you have not known me. He says, He that has seen me have seen the Father. You said, Philip was. He was what? Oh, he saw it was Thomas. Ah, sorry. Philip has suffered for what I did. Ah, sorry, sorry. That was Thomas. I'm very sorry. It was Thomas. So, so Philip says, Show us the Father. And so, I says, I've so long with you, Philip. I have not known. He that has seen me has seen the Father. How dare you say unto me, show us the Father? Hallelujah. So, he that has seen Jesus has seen the Father. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. My Bible says, I've, I've always quoted this Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. Of course, a child is born, of course, a son is given, the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. Hallelujah. So, Jesus was called the Mighty God, he was called the Everlasting Father. Now this scatters your entire theology of the Trinity. Do you realize? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. Now God the Son is God the Father. Amen. Ah, I think we talked on Trinity under um, exploring salvation too, so, Where I talk about where I spoke about Jesus' death, birth to glorification, where I try to explain about why Jesus came to the world as a man. I didn't necessarily say Trinity, but I explained the whole idea of Trinity: God, Man, and the Spirit. Sha. Yeah. there's work, on. there's work, there's plenty of work in front of us. Hallelujah, praise God. I just want to say that, to, to my guys, 2022, we'll teach. Amen. Don't be scared. Hallelujah. The earlier you know, the better. You know, Jesus was saying, Jesus said, "Counts the cost." I want to ask you now count the cost Sometimes you will be taught Amen are you saying Amen again are you scared say Amen well you guys don't have to be scared I mean you guys it's just monthly meetings so you don't have to be scared I'm talking to my folks my folks know themselves Hallelujah so the Lord help you the Lord will sustain you he will hold you with the palm of his hands. <laughs> Amen. So, so, why did Jesus pray? So, we've already seen where he says that, you know, where we say that Jesus was God as a man. I mean, John chapter 1, verse 20, the beginning was the word, the word was the God, the word was God. John chapter 1, verse 14, the word was made flesh. Hallelujah. And he dwelt among us. Hallelujah. So, Jesus was God as a man. Hallelujah. Yet, we see this same man giving so much to prayer. Amen. Giving so, so much to prayer. Mark chapter 1, verse 35, Bible says that Jesus would wake up a great while before morning and separate himself apart to pray. Hallelujah! Glory to Jesus. In Matthew chapter four, after this man was just baptized, just baptized, you know, one would expect that. Imagine, I'm baptized now. Just imagine now. Like, say for example, I'm being ordained, you know, and then as he leaned on me, ordained me, as I stood up, he just saw cloud all over my head. Ah, and then the voice just, even if the voice just said, the voice doesn't even have to say, "This is my beloved son." You want where, please? The voice should just say, "Israel." Amen. The voice just say, "Israel." After that, I promise you, I can't walk well in me. I can't. You know, a, you know, but this man, Jesus, had a supernatural encounter. All right, voice came from heaven. You know, when is a better time to start ministry? All you have to do is just put on your on your billboard the man whom heaven spoke about. The man who never spoke about ministry. CMW, oh, in fact, there's no need. Don't call it Watimado ministry. Again, gang, gang, gang. <laughs> that's all. You know, Watimado. Yeah. And if it's not lucky again, I did recording. Don't be playing it every Holy Ghost meeting. That's all. He said, That's all the only Ghost we need to move. Once we play it, everybody will be falling. Woo, woo, Don't mind me. All right. And so, but immediately after, what does this man do? He sets himself apart and goes to pray. Hallelujah. And then he goes to pray for 40 days and 40 nights. It's almost as though he just wanted them to forget about the experience. Do you realize? It's as though he wanted them to forget that anything like that happened. Like, go. Let me go. When you forget it, I'll come back. So he goes to the wilderness to pray 40 days and 40 nights. The same man, Luke chapter 6 and verse 12, the night before he went to choose his apostles, he prays, Bible says he prayed throughout the night. According to the Jewish um, day, the evening starts from 6 p.m. until 6 a.m. Hallelujah. And that's the reason why when he um, when, um, when says, and the day of Pentecost was fully come, right, that actually passed to 6 a.m. And when he says that, um, uh, um, when Peter was speaking and he said that, we are not drunk as you suppose, because it is but the third hour of the day. If you check in some versions, it says that it was 9 a.m. Are we together? So the Jewish day starts from 6 a.m. and the Jewish day ends at 6 p.m. Are we together? So when he says Jesus prayed all night, very likely we have prayed from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Hallelujah, God as a man, do you realize that sounds? God came to this world as a man and he's praying like that, he's like, he's like, he's like, I'm looking for a good way to, he's like, he's like for example, somebody is already, maybe the person, the person has graduated, like for example, this Joy that was um, overall best student in medicine, right, he's like, she's not writing anatomy, she's not doing overnight, for anatomy. What are you looking for up and down? Are we together? That's exactly how it sounds. Amen. Why was he praying? Amen. And quite frankly, if you look at the way Jesus' life was, he couldn't have been praying about things. Amen. I mean, this was a man that turned water to mine. This was a man that told someone to bring out a coin from the mouth of a fish. His problem was no money. I we together, guys? Are we together, guys? Even from the way he lived his life, you could tell that his focus and his gaze was not money. Even from the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer. I wish I had time to explain about the Lord's Prayer. But one thing you would see from the Lord's Prayer is that it was a prayer that centered around consecration to the, to the will of God. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. So, the question still stands. Why would God as a man pray? Or better still, what was he praying about? Hallelujah. What was he praying about? You see, the answer is pretty simple. It is this. As long as as you are a man, you must pray. As long as you have a body. Amen. As long as you have a body, you must pray. Amen. Because you see, the motions of our flesh war against the motions of the spirit the things that God would have us do are usually in constant battle with the things that we want hallelujah you want to sleep but you need to pray you want to hang out with babe but you need to go on evangelism hallelujah glory to Jesus your friends are having a hangout but you need to study hallelujah glory to Jesus a man the fact that you are a man implies that you must pray Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And that's the reason why, I look at Jesus, for example, in Matthew 26, from 38 to 46. Matthew 26, 38 to 46. This was Jesus in, um, in, the, in, the, um, this in the Garden of Gethsemane. At this point in time, his flesh spoke out. You know, you know, he got there. He says, my soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Right? And then he goes to pray. And then he says, he says if it be possible, let us pass over me. Hallelujah. He says, yet, not your will. Not, sorry, yet, not my will, but your will be done. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. You see, that's the mindset of prayer. Consecration. Consecration. Now, at the end of the day, it's about God's will being done. You see, the problem with most of us in prayer is that we like to see our will come to pass. You are too focused on your will. Hallelujah. You are too focused on your plan. You are too focused on your purpose. You don't see anything outside how it favors you. You're you, you, you not ready to see the big picture. That's the problem with most of us. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus! But you see, as long as you are a man, you must pray. Hallelujah! Because even Jesus recognized this. Look, look at how Jesus prayed. Hebrews chapter five and verse seven. You know, Bible even said, if you look at the accounts in Luke twenty-two. Luke 22, from verse 39 to 46. Bible says that he prayed so much, right? He said he prayed so much that the sweats of, sweat of his body were like droplets of blood. Hallelujah. Dripping to the ground. It's something called hemat- hematidrosis, basically. It actually is a real concept. In fact, we think what he's saying was, we think it is figurative. It wasn't figurative. We think that Jesus was sweating. That they are trying to say that the way the sweat was coming out was like blood was flowing. No. Hallelujah! it was actually that he was under intense pressure that his sweats had droplets of blood in it you can check it's a medical condition where you can be under severe stress and then your sweat will actually contain droplets of blood hallelujah glory to Jesus, so he was actually under severe stress severe agony hallelujah, glory to Jesus but you need to realize the fact that Jesus is under stress and then the next thing he does he doesn't go and talk to his guys to make him feel good he goes to pray Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. You see, our response to life situations is prayer. Amen. I'm not against talking to a therapist, but try prayer. And don't try prayer like you're trying prayer. Pray because it will change. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Learn to pray. Jesus as a man prayed, how much more you? If God who who became a man prayed, how much more men who have received the nature of God? We must pray. Hallelujah. If you are going to see the plans and purpose of God come to pass, because you see, as I've said before, there is a constant war in us between our plans, our purposes, our purposes, our pursuits, and our ambitions against the will of God. It's always a constant conflict. Hallelujah. And the only way you are able to walk in God's plan is to give yourself to prayer. Hallelujah. There are times when you would have proposed in your mind that this is what I'm going to do. And then as you pray, you know what you're supposed to do instead. Hallelujah. Going to Jesus. You see, if there is any person, there are people that, there's people that I'm usually not bothered about. Alright? When I have, maybe I have a friend that is doing anyhow sometimes. Like, you know, yeah, sometimes when does do anyhow. Alright? My biggest concern is that they pray. If they are praying, it can't last. Amen? There's nice when, you guys don't want to say, there's when you when you just feel lazy. Right? You are like, oh, this ministry thing, you're gone, it's too much. Let me just relax and enjoy my life. There are times like that. There are times like that. But there are, there are some of you that when it happens to you, I'm usually very concerned. Because even before it happened, you are not praying. Amen. So you don't have any buffer mechanism to hold you. But for a person that prays, give them two or three days max. They'll come back to their senses. I don't, I'm usually I'm, I usually I'm not bothered. I mean, I don't bother myself at all. You say Israel so or, or those ones that you gave they already have a word of prophecy as to what they are supposed to do, right? But then they are not doing any. They're not going to say, I don't bother. Most times I just tell them the prophecy again. Then I leave them to pray. I usually wait till the next morning. Oftentimes by 9 a.m. I will see their chats. Hey, Israel. That's what I said I was going to do. I can't do it again. It happens all the time. All the time. Hallelujah. Because prayer will redirect you to God's plan hallelujah, prayer will, see you must first of all is, if you've never had an encounter where you chose to do something and then prayer made you do something else I have a concern because you must always have that in your life hallelujah, no matter how little it is it must be there, where maybe you you, you felt like going to chill with your friends but then you felt an urge to pray and you prayed instead, even if it's as little as that and some other times it could be as serious as you were planning to move to a particular city And then, because of prayer, you were told to go somewhere else. But even before you get to some serious things like that, some two leadings, like, pray, don't pray, fast, don't fast. Eh? You must have points like that in your life, where, as a reason of prayer, you took decisions by the Spirit of God. Even decisions that were necessarily against your plans. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. You see, a man of prayer cannot consistently have plans. Don't get me wrong, I plan. I plan. You know I like to say this. We are going to be by next year, next two years. But I just say it. It's not like I don't work towards it. I mean, folks that know me know I can be quite hardworking. But it's not like I necessarily work towards it like that. Like this is what must happen. I am of the day, is the way God leads me. amen. If you ask me, what is do you yourself doing next year? The only thing I can promise you for sure that I'll be doing next year, I can tell you one for sure. I'll be teaching. I'll be teaching more. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be teaching more, and I'll be praying, and I'll be evangelizing. Those are the only short things. I'll be working, so I'll be working. I'll be working. I'll be, <laughs> I'll be working too. Just that. But if you tell me, uh, like, as- uh, all these aspirations, just that, where do you in the next five years Ah, I didn't see my... You see, <laughs> it's a very dangerous question. Even as of January, I didn't see myself doing this. Amen? So don't, wait, don't let me waste your time. Do you understand? Don't let me waste ambition. <laughs> Leave ambition for the people that can have this. Someone like me, I don't have. Amen? I can't even tell you what I'll be doing by June next year. I can only give you an idea that this is very likely what I'm going to be doing. But this person is, I don't know. I'm just going to be doing it as I'm led. Hallelujah. Such is a man of prayer. Amen Glory to Jesus He's not actually not plan No Plan Please plan Prepare Folks that know me know that I plan A whole lot But Let prayer lead you Amen Hallelujah Glory to Jesus So you must pray You must pray And you see One of the things That you need to realize Is that sometimes The answer to prayers Is not always that Negative situations Will be averted Sometimes The answer to prayers Is that an angel Comes to strengthen you are you with me guys? Does that make sense? It's not all the time that you pray and the thing just goes. Sometimes look at Jesus' situation. Imagine if God had answered his prayer. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I was thinking about I said I think it's just some of us, I just I just was carrying the cross, we just looking at him. Now, now, like after knowing the implication, I'm sorry and just carry it. Carry it, will soon be over. Sorry, carry it eh? there. Joseph, Joseph of Arimathea, help him now. Eh, So, is it Joseph that carried this? Or Simon? Sorry, is Simon that carried this now? Then Joseph helped him in the tomb. So, Simon, carry it with him now. Help him, help him. Sorry, so I know it's hard. Sorry, as they are nailing him to the cross. Ah, sorry, sorry, eh? So, you will soon die. The pain will soon go. (laughs) Hallelujah. So, my point basically is that oftentimes the answer to prayers is is not that it becomes easier. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Is that it becomes stronger to go through it. Hallelujah. You know, I often say this, that I, 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 look at, I look at my life, where I try to basically survey folks that I see obeying God. And it's not, people think that folks that obey God have it easy. That there's a reason why it's just easy for them to do those things. That's the biggest line. In fact, I've realized that most of the time, folks who obey God are the most scariest of people. Like when I say, I mean scariest, and I also mean they are the most scared people like if you knew what they were going through the amount of pressure on them on them you'll be you'll be shocked hallelujah but there's something about prayer that makes a situation that looks big to you look small to me hallelujah there's a, a reason why some of you tell me like i don't this is oh this okay like i don't want to tell you so you don't feel bad do you get i'm looking at it but like to me i don't see the issue like i want to ask you so what exactly is the problem do you get in this matter yeah now like, oh oh sorry so um, uh, Amen. There's something about prayer that makes it, it makes some decisions look small to you. For example, like you can just say, for example, like to somebody, you might have a job of let's say there's a job of 500k that makes you it won't give you time to do ministry. And then another job of 250k that will make you do ministry. By the way, it doesn't always have to be like that. Amen. Sometimes the higher paying job can make you do ministry. Let's just be clear. <laughs> Trust me, but let me go on, anyways. So, you know, so, so let's say you have those two decisions. So, another ordinary person will be like, Ah, 500k, 250k. Ah, how can you make a decision like this? But someone that's prayed is not a big deal. Though. I mean, met people like that, like it, it's not even like a decision, they just like this is it and then you're like, How could you make a decision like that? And to them, it's not a big, it's prayer. Hallelujah, prayer makes those big things look small. Hallelujah. Not decisions that look so big, like for example, resign. And this is the problem with most folks that people don't realize. There's something called the training of the spirit where people are being trained over and over. So by the time they need to take some particular decisions, they are, not be, they are not able to take it just because of that time. They are able to take it because of decisions that they've taken in the past. Are we together? So for example, somebody that is told to resign his job and he can resign. Don't go and be thinking that because you're not looking at yourself and say, ah, hey, can I ever obey something like this? God will not give you a decision like that. So let's be clear. You won't, you can't, because you've not been trained in the past. Or better still, the training you were given in the past, you've not received it. Hallelujah. Show you that, ordinary to wake up to pray, you cannot pray. You are not the one that... <laughs> you are the one that will not resign from your job. Are we together? Do you understand me, guys? There's such a thing as the training of the spirits. There are decisions that I can take now. I couldn't have taken them a while ago. Here's someone that told me that I'll be travelling. I hate travelling. Let's be very clear. Even folks that know me, in Lego, I don't step out of my house. In a week, I may not see the estate gates. I hate it. Going out, I don't like it. Here's someone that told me that I'll be traveling I'll, that by myself. Nobody will force me. And I'll be deserving to be traveling Tra- hey, by myself. It would, have made, it would have seemed crazy then. Hallelujah. But that's the thing. God takes us through the school of the training of the Spirit. That are the point where you even make decisions, you don't realize. It's just when you are there, you now realize that, wow, I've done this. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So my point is, come looking at those big things. Start small. Start with those small leadings. Hallelujah. And the only way you can start is via prayer. Via prayer. You can only start via prayer. And you know, one of the interesting things you realize is that as you look through the prayer life of Jesus, we are hardly ever told what he was, what he was praying about. Go and check. The emphasis was more on the fact that he was praying. Mark 1.35, he, he went out, he went, says he's about to pray. Luke 6.12. He um, prayed all night to God. Hallelujah. Uh, um, um, Matthew chapter, Matthew 4. He went away into the wilderness. Uh, hallelujah. To pray. We are never, even Luke 3, when he was to be baptized. Hallelujah. Bible says in Luke 3, 21, this man was about to be baptized in water. And he was praying. What are you praying about in water? Like, he's baptized in water. What are you, you know, you only know, so much. There is too much. any you know, class law. What's your own gun You know, like that, that they make you feel like you don't have the Holy Ghost. Like, what's this thing gone? Calm down. Amen. Or maybe you are going with someone on outreach and they are giving you a word of knowledge. And I, what's gone? Do you have the spirit? I have the spirit. Let us give small now. All right. And so, you know, he's praying there. But then, while we are not told what he's praying about, the results that follow can let you have an idea of what the prayer was about. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. For example, Luke 6.12, he prays all night. Luke 6.13, he, he appoints his apostles. Hallelujah. Mark 1, 35, he is praying. The day following, he's is healing all sicknesses and all diseases. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Praise God. So while we are not necessarily told what he was praying about, right? that already lets you see one thing. He lets you see that the focus of prayer really, or the most important thing, is that you are praying. And not necessarily what you are praying about. Amen. Glory to Jesus. It is not always about prayer points. If you have to wait for prayer points till you pray, you cannot have a prayer life. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Share with all of these things that are even happening on the earth. You are still claiming you have prayer points. Your life is a prayer point. Like clearly, we need to pray your life. Clearly, you need it. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Prayer itself is a prayer point. Prayer is not just a means to an end. Prayer itself is an end. Hallelujah. Because in prayer, we are changed. Prayer changes us. It changes our orientation. It changes our view. It changes our mind. It changes our mindset. It changes, our th- it changes the way we think. It changes the way we do things. It changes people we talk to. It changes everything around us. Prayer itself is an end. It's not just a means to an end. It's not just the tool with which you use to collect something. Prayer itself is, is, is the thing. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. So your focus should first and foremost be the fact that you have a prayer life. Than that you are praying for something. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Prayer in itself is an end. Glory to Jesus. Amen. You see, you must realize that whatever men can have without prayer can never be the purpose of prayer. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Men can have cars without prayer. Men can have... You know, it is, it is one of the... permit me to say. It is one of the most... unintelligent things let me put it that way it's one of the most unintelligent things to teach on material prosperity in that sense from the Bible you know why because even in Bible days the richest men were not in the Bible or in that sense the richest men were not the Israelites ask myself a simple question when the Egyptians were building pyramids where were the Israelites have you ever realized that over the years the strongest civilizations in the world were never Israel we, we've had the Greeks. First of all, the oldest civilization is is, is, is um, among the Egyptians. We've had the Egyptians, right? We've had um, the Babylonians, right? We've had the Persians. We've had the Med the uh, Medes, actually, those Medo-Persians. We've had the Greeks. We've had the Romans. We've never had the Israelites. So it's even wrong to think that you can bring out the rule um, the the secrets and depths of uh, of riches of the nations. From the riches given to Israel. Doesn't make any sense. Do you ever realize that the gold that the Israelites used to build the temple, they collected it from the Egyptians? Amen? Hallelujah. They came from Egyptians, though. So, it is absolute fallacy to believe that upon the wings of our prayers, we receive cars. Hallelujah. So, he said, Raise your hands to heaven. i begin to claim it. I claim cars. I receive it by the power of the Holy Ghost. Supernaturally based quantum miracles. You know, I receive cars, I receive mansions Take your own now, take it now It's coming to you, it's not coming to you Amen, hallelujah Listen to me, whatever a man can achieve Outside of prayer Can never be the purpose of prayer Hallelujah Glory to Jesus, amen The purpose of prayer will always remain one thing The plan and the purpose of God for the earth Hallelujah Glory to Jesus Now don't get me wrong I believe in the miraculous. I believe in the miraculous supply of God. Hallelujah. I believe that miraculously people could have cars. I believe so. I believe that miraculously, you know, I mean, I'll be the last person to not believe in supernatural provision. Don't let me lie to you. I feel like the angels will look at me and say, Eh, you too. Honestly. i am the last person not to believe in it. But to tell you that that is the purpose of prayer is a lie. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. In fact, material needs must not be the fuel of a prayer life. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. They must not determine the key of your prayer. They must not determine the tone of your prayer life. Hallelujah. If it still determines the tone of your prayer life, you have not understood prayer. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Prayer must always be you about you staying in the plans, the purposes, and the will of God for your life. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. So next time, I want to talk about consistency in prayer. Consistency in prayer. consistency in prayer. Wow. Okay, let's just rush through. So, we said that a key instruction about prayer in scripture is that we are supposed to pray always. We are supposed to pray always. Look at Matthew 21 and verse 13. Matthew chapter 21 and verse 13. Matthew chapter 21 and verse 13. Matthew 21 and verse verse 13. Matthew 21 verse 13 He says and he said unto them it is written my house will be called a house of prayer but you are making it a what? a den of thieves Matthew 21 verse 13 hallelujah he says my house shall be called of all nations a house of prayer hallelujah you see the church is known as a house of prayer hallelujah you know there are two ways you can look at that verse first of all the fact that the church of God is the temple of God hallelujah First Corinthians 3 and verse 16 it says no you know that you are the temple of the living God hallelujah so according to 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 16 the church the body of Christ is the temple of God every assembly is the temple of God hallelujah God is there with us amen according to Ephesians 2 and, verse, and from verse 21 we are built up unto God as an habitation by the Spirit Ephesians 2 and verse 21 Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. But also, the believer is the temple of God. First Corinthians 6 and verse 19. Hallelujah. The believer is the temple of God. So when Jesus says here that it is written, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer. It means two things. It? it means that first of all, the believer is the house of prayer. And number two, the church is the house of prayer. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. That we must constantly, we must be a constant generating set of prayer. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Prayers must be offered constantly by the church. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Prayers. Prayers. Not not unnecessary programs. Amen? I posted something on my status a while ago. Your service is three hours. There isn't two hours, thirty minutes to be dancing. Oma. 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 Baba. Baba. Hallelujah. You cannot grow. Amen. You can't grow. Glory to Jesus. And you see, what happens is this. Is that when you don't pray, you begin to look for other avenues to cater for the absence of the miraculous. Are we together? So that's why I now begin to do Barbecue Sunday. Jane Sunday. One day, I was looking at a particular church program. Like, I, I don't want to say the name of the church. And I looked at it. I looked at the program they have. Like every month, oh, every month. First Sunday, Thanksgiving Sunday. Second Sunday, Youth Sunday. Third Sunday, Children's Sunday. Fourth, I say, ah, this one ones cannot go. Ah, uh, only grow. Because, when does the pastor have time to teach? And I'm guessing on the Youth Sunday, they want you to, to preach. Amen? On Children's Sunday, children will preach. Amen? How many Sunday does the pastor now have to do series? Hey, <laughs> on, on first Sunday, Thanksgiving Sunday. hey, <laughs> hey, Hey, <laughs> ah hmm. okay, no problem. I we mean, are not saying that people are not growing. How will they grow? Glory to Jesus. You can't grow. You can't grow. And I met terrible things. You know, people cannot dance in the world, so we have to, you know, give them their venue so that they can be able to dance here. <laughs> okay, hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Jesus said, do you know how if Jesus entered some churches today, he will use whip and beat them out. Just like he did in those days. He whip. Get out. What are you doing there? He said, get out of this place. My house has made none of nations the house of prayer. Are you all serious? Hallelujah. Prayer. One of the first ways you must identify a good local church is prayer. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Don't just go to a church because they are close to you. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't just go to a church because your friends go there. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Don't just... Hmm. If you fail in the day of adversity, your strength is small. It won't matter whether you have a friend or not. You are the one that failed in the day of adversity. Are we together? Glory to Jesus. Build strength in the place of prayer. Go to a place where they pray. Hallelujah. Go to Jesus. And so, one of the instructions, some of the instructions you see about prayer in scripture is that prayer must be done always. For example, Ephesians 6 and verse 16 says, Praying always without prayer, salvation of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Praying always. Also, Colossians 4 and verse 2, he says, uh, um, Continue in prayer. I, I usually use this verse a lot. Continue in prayer. He says, Continue in prayer, meaning he expects you to have been praying before. But some of you, there's no point continuing. There's nothing to continue with. So, the best way to use this verse for you is this start in prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. So, don't be annoyed. Start. Alright, start the prayer. So he says, continue the prayer and watch him say with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Some other instructions to pray. You see, first Thessalonians 5 verse 17. Pray without season. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Pray without season. Have you heard some very funny things like it's not about the it's not about the length of the prayer, it's about the depth of the prayer. Ah, when you run. Ah, hey, It's not about the length, it's about the depth. It's about, first of all, why does prayer have to vary in depth? That's the question. Why? Like, why do we have to compare? Like, and by death compare, it mean seriousness. Like, ah, it's about how serious you are in prayer. So even if I don't pray for long, but even if you just have five minutes. And you know why they that to you, It's like, it's making sense. They're like, it's not, it's not, it's not about, it's not about how long you pray. It's not about how long you pray. It's about, you know, you just stay there and you say, dear Father, dear Father, Lord, do it. Ah, you know, ah, this thing can sound like a joke. But let me just say, don't compare yourself to those people. Everything. Everything there is working for them. <laughs> Amen. They, I, not to scare you, but they don't have they don't have relatives that are involved in your courts. Amen. The analgesics are not doing. Oh, you not follow you not Share you that, you that just to go, home, just to go to the village for Christmas. Your mommy will give you analgesics to drink. She will rub analgesia on nice your She will rub on your head. She will nice put analgesia in nice your rice. She <laughs> ah, people are doing funny things. Analgesia, nice you, know. you can even almost to fry egg. <laughs> Share is you I announced between dear father. Ah oh. <laughs> Now don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. That's not the primary reason for prayer, but I'm just letting you know. Some things cannot work. Let's be honest with ourselves. Hallelujah. Great Jesus. You cannot say you want to go and preach the gospel in a place like uh, you want to go to what's the name of one of those places that we did missions? Otsi Soko. Uh, even the name itself, here it sounds. It sounds like a place that is demon possessed. Otsi Soko, what do you call it? And then you now go to a place like that. You now go, say, Dear Father, Dear Father, just do it. We surrender it over to you. Just ah. <laughs> even the demon will be happy. Oh, so cute. <laughs> ah. What do you think we're doing here? Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Prayer. Consistency in prayer. Hallelujah. Laborious prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. Bon. Labor. <laughs> Amen. Labor. Le Let me tell you the truth. There is no man that has seen the move of God in generation outside laborious prayers. Never. See, it's one of the things, that, one of the things I always say this. You can look at some folks and not necessarily, and you might question it is, they believe it. They don't necessarily know the Hebrew and Greek. They don't know this thing. But they know one thing they know that bible says you will say unto this mountain be thou moved and be thou cast into the ocean and if you believe it you will have whatsoever you say and that's all hallelujah glory to jesus men of prayer men of prayer you see we must realize that the power of ministry is the power of prayer the power to do the work of god is the power of prayer you cannot do the work of the father outside prayer Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. You see, the work of ministry start on your knees and not on your lips. Hallelujah. I always say this to my guys. I said the mouth that will speak for the gospel must first speak for tongues. The mouth through which the message of the gospel will proceed out of must first of all have tongues come out of it. Hallelujah. Tongues. Hours and hours of tongues. You know, it's a said of, um, of uh, 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 Pastor W.F. Kumuyi. He says for every time he goes to teach, he prays two times that number of hours. He prays two times the number of hours he has his sermon. So if he wants to teach for an hour, he prays for two hours. If he wants to teach for two hours, he prays for four hours. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. You know, that's done like this, this is our own generation. We like the word. We like to speak the words. Hallelujah. Just Let's gather a meeting. Let's be, ah! Hallelujah. See, God forbid that we have so many meetings devoid of power. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. The only way we are going to have meetings that, listen to me. I don't know about you, but I want to be a man where people listen to my sermons and something happens to them wherever they are. Hallelujah. And you see, those things will only happen by prayer. Glory to Jesus. See, I believe in possibilities though. I believe in things. Anything can happen. Glory to Jesus. I believe anything can happen. Glory to God. Amen. I believe a man can see my picture and receive his healing. But you see, the only way those things, things like that will happen is via the place of prayer. Hallelujah. We will pray possibilities. Amen. You see, before you have that sermon, pray, pray out the sermon. Hallelujah. See it with the eyes of faith and pray it out. Glory to Jesus. Charge yourself up in prayer. I said this to my disciples. I say, when you pray for a meeting, pray as though everything in the meeting is done by prayer. Pray as though it is prayer that will turn on the fan. Like as though it's prayer that will lift up the speakers. Pray as though prayer will arrange the chairs. Hallelujah. Pray everything. Glory to Jesus. Put everything down. Arrange it in the place of prayer. Glory to God. That's the only way we can see results. That's the only way we can see results. Hallelujah! You know we say that we want the we want the move of God. You know in this nation. You know we, we say things like uh, we are no longer. Uh, people are asking for a revival, a revival. First of all, I don't know what they mean by revival. Hallelujah! The revival is here. They don't just know. But anyways, uh, you see people asking. We want a revival. We want a revival. But the problem is that we talk too much. Hallelujah! Men that had revival. In fact, when you find out they were not seeking for a revival. Hallelujah! Go and check men that actually had revival in their days were actually men that had a passion for the gospel they weren't asking for revival, we are the ones in fact that call it a revival, hallelujah we look at it and we say oh they had a revival they didn't even call it a revival in their days for example in Acts 2, what happened in the church in Acts 2, Acts two, Acts 3, you call it a revival hallelujah, you say ah there was a mighty, there was mighty miracles going on this day. but they didn't realize they were in the a revival, hallelujah, they were just men that had the passion for the things of God Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So if we really claim we want to see a revival, we are not serious if we don't start praying. Hallelujah. And I think I must also say this too as well. Listen, your excuse, no matter how legitimate, is still an excuse. Amen. And this particular type of folks that, you know, you, I mean, right now, a lot of us, which is pretty, pretty beautiful, a lot of us are beginning to have jobs, right? You know, some of us freelance, some of us have jobs, etc., etc. Listen to me. Your excuse no matter how germane, your excuse, no matter how important, your excuse, no matter how cogent, it's still an excuse. Hallelujah. God will not say, ah, ah, I understand that he's tired though. Because of that, the result he's supposed to have when he prays two hours, let me give him after I prayed one hour. Because he's a good boy. He still prayed even though he was tired. That doesn't work like that though. Hallelujah. That's the reason why, listen, let me tell you something. Folks, that's the reason why let me say it this way. Folks that don't do anything, and all they do is pray. They will have more results. It's not this thing. Amen. Glory to Jesus. It's the facts. You see those men, that they will stay on prayer mountain, and all they are doing is, e, ba, she, e. they will have results, though. That's all they do. Glory to God. And so, we must have a mindset where we do not allow our career be honest. See, that's why some of you just me and say, "eh, I'm tired." Maybe I have a prayer and say, "eh, I'm tired and something." I look at you and I laugh. Do you think I'm not tired? I'm tired though. I'm not tired. Amen. For me, that of English, but I have to pray. Amen. There are many days where I've woken up on the bed and I was lying down. I Look, at, ah, say ah, this morning ah. Hallelujah. But then, I you say cover the world? <laughs> say cover the world with the with the gospel. It's not by it's not by Greek or Hebrew. It's not by long without thread. Amen. Say thread, thread, thread. Because him is teaching. I'm teaching you. Amen. I'm teaching. You. I'm teaching you. But listen, the power is not in. It. That's not. It's there. Hallelujah. But. There's a difference between people seeing your teaching and they're just like, oh, well, oh, no, no. And the someone seeing your teaching and it becomes a turnaround in the course of their lives. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Let me say this. I've never posted a Twitter thread without praying. Never. That I post a thread that I just feel like posting and I'll do long teaching and I'll post it. Never. For every thread you see, there was prayer. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Meeting is just results by ah, I feel like I don't God the word the word. It's not ah, it's not like that though. Amen. For every of these meetings, there's prayer. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. And it must continue that way. By the time you begin to see results, little little results here and there, you must continue in prayer. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. When the results are not showing, you must still be praying. Amen. By the time you begin to see some results, you are praying. By the time the answer of your prophecies show. Hallelujah. You are still continuing in prayer. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Jesus started in prayer. Hallelujah. He continued in prayer. He continued in prayer. Continued in prayer. Your results must not stop your prayer life. If results gave you, if results are an entrance to your prayer life, you've not understood prayer. Because the prayer was not about results in the first place. Whether or not there were results, I would have still been praying. Do you understand? That's your point of prayer. Whether or not results were there, I would have still been praying. So even now that the results are there, I am still praying you must learn to sometimes move away from the results because listen, one thing you must realize about people is that often times, staying around people for so long can reduce your discernment hallelujah, you must learn to recharge, hallelujah so there are times just like Jesus, where in John 6 you are seeing them, you know, you just did a miracle everybody is healing you, you separate yourself hallelujah because if you stay there too long, they will make you a king are we together? and you should be feeling yourself Ah, the nations He's taking, but for the wrong reason. Now you're not providing bread and fish. You've touched the United Nations organization. You're, not, you're giving bread and fish for free. And your name will be, everybody will be ringing your name. Jesus, Jesus, but outside purpose. Are you here? You know, so, but my brother was saying something on Sunday. He said, you're sure "You are sure know that if Jesus does not die for sins, nobody will know. sure you know you will not know. You, you will not say, ah, we thought he was the one. But clearly he's not the one. Do you understand? You will have just been living, providing bread and fish, doing nice things here and there. Have the have wife, maybe a wife, children, give birth, just be living large, you know, enjoying. We don't, they will just be like, ah, that man that has never died. He's a prophet. And we'll be waiting on the Messiah. Whereas the Messiah is among us, journey. <laughs> Any money where I see. Sorry. Um, sorry. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. But you see, prayer keeps you in the plan of God, prayer makes you note opportunities. There are times when there are some opportunities that to a man, they seem like that is of God. But prayer makes you realize that that opportunity is not of God. And when I say opportunity, I even mean in the work of ministry. Prayer reduces your excitement level. Hallelujah. For some of us, for example, you get an invitation, ah, and your mind is like, yay, to the nations. Prayer just lets you know now is not the time. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And that's the reason why see, let me advise you as much as possible. Fear a man of prayer, oh, They know what they are doing. Hallelujah. Ah. Never despise a man of prayer. A man that is given to prayer, never despise him. Even if he only has a congregation of two. A congregation of two. Never despise him. Why? He knows where he is in God's plan. A man of prayer knows everything. He knows. That's the reason why you bring some opportunities to him. He's not even moved. He doesn't even care. He's not even interested. Because he knows where he is in God's plan. He can tell you clearly, hallelujah, glory to Jesus. But more than more than envying such a man of prayer, be that man of prayer, hallelujah, glory to Jesus, be that man of prayer, be that man of prayer, be that man of prayer consistently. Give yourself to prayer. So, of course, alongside consistency in prayer, how long should I pray? How long should I pray? As long as possible, amen. Bible says, pray always. Pray without ceasing. How long should I pray? As long as possible. As long as you can pray. Amen? Are we together? As long as... So at the same time, I think there's also the balance where you realize that it's not about the length. When you realize, and I think I must also say this, when you realize that the purpose of prayer is to achieve a task, it's not so much about the length. Are you together? The thing must happen. Do you understand me? So like you're not... Because that's a balance too there is this thing, this unspoken thing that I've noticed where it's about the number of hours to people. Are you together? So, I prayed four hours. I prayed six hours. I prayed eight hours. I don't care. Where's the results? I know we shouldn't always be about results orientation or something like that. It's not like we should not say that it's not about results. It's also about results too. So, amen? Hallelujah. How many sick have you healed? Amen? Yeah, that's it. Praise to God. Because people that do not know the word, I do not know Hebrew and Greek, they are healing they really this kidney now. We cannot be dealing with our Hebrew and Greek. We don't have to do anything. But God's deal now. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Pray. Pray. How long should I pray? As long as possible. As long as possible. Amen. And why, why do you have to pray for so long? Because prayer needs to change you. Prayer needs to change you. You see, you cannot change a man. You don't change people by just one conversation. Hallelujah glory to God, Do you realize the kind of influence that you have daily you open up your whatsapp you see the kind of things on your whatsapp status you open up instagram, you see different kind of things you see people mocking pastors right, on your instagram you see, you see pastors preaching rubbish you see all manner of things all right. and those things, whether you know it or not they affect you hallelujah, so imagine that constantly you are exposed to that kind of thing if you, are, if you are going to see yourself walking God's plan, you have to pray. For example, I made this joke shortly. then, and I, I remember I was sitting, discussing with a friend was here on the first day about by the way, I'm not a kid joy, but you see this thing where um, people are making fun of spiritual things. Um, uh, I, 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 there's somebody in your family. Yeah, his his name is this one. Do I know you? Have I met you before? <laughs> Celebrates grace. See, don't, You can laugh, but I'm just saying. share you that you are still dragging in your heart about word of knowledge. That when you not give word of knowledge, your mind You're saying, "Is it true? Is it not true?" Is it, is it, you are not the one that is making jokes about word of knowledge. You are not wondering, "Why have I not given? You've given. You will give, give, give it. Can't you see? Is, it, is the one you've given now? The one I'm supposed to give. They're giving it in comedy. You can. It's just the simple truth." You cannot... You, you don't be joking with spiritual things, oh, Amen? Hallelujah. And yeah, some, you also should not compare yourself with some people. Some people can joke about it. But you can't, you can't compare yourself with how much they've done it. Are we together? Amen? It's the truth. Someone that gives word of knowledge a lot, even if he's joking, I, 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 I still am not okay with it, but I can still... Okay, no problem. But you that you are still struggling, you are not joking... Your joke is even more correct than sorry. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Don't do that to oh. give yourself to prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. Prayer. So the focus of prayer in the New Testament. You know, as you look through the old and the new testament, one of the things you realize is that it's as though there is a shift in the prayer focus. From the Old Testament, to New Testament In the Old Testament, for example, you see them that oftentimes they prayed about miracles, they prayed about needs to be met, etc., etc. But then as you dive into the New Testament, you begin to see a change, a reorientation of focus. Even starting from Jesus' ministry. Look at Matthew chapter 9. Matthew 9 from verse 37. Matthew 9 from verse 37. Are you there? Matthew 9 from verse 37. Zion, are you there? Yes. All right, please read. Then said he unto his disciples, unto his disciples the, harvest the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are, the laborers are few. Go on. Pray ye, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he, that he will send forth laborers into his, into his harvest. Hallelujah. First of all, from what I've been able to show you before, we've seen that the prayers of Jesus couldn't have been about things. Hallelujah. Right? Right guys? And also, he's not telling his disciples what to pray for. Hallelujah. And he's telling them that pray as regards the harvest. The harvest is plenteous, The laborers are few. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. You know, one of the profound things that Jesus said in Matthew 6, he said, take no thought what you shall eat, what you shall drink, what you shall wear. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. He said, you know, one of the things he said there, he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And people have misunderstood that verse. People think that so. What he's saying is that when you seek the kingdom of God, God now adds those things to you. But... Your bubble now bursts when you realize that people that don't even see the kingdom of God also have those things. Because that's what he said there. He said, these same things do the Gentiles seek and they have them. So, the point is this. Whether or not you seek the kingdom, you will have them. However, let the kingdom be your priority. Does that make sense, guys? Exactly. So, in the place of prayer, our priority is the kingdom. Hallelujah. Our priority is the kingdom. Hallelujah. Whether or not we seek those things, we are going to have them. Why? Because our heavenly father giveth unto the good and unto the evil. He causes his rain to shine unto the good and unto the evil. Actually, his rain to fall on the good and the evil, his son to shine on the good and the evil as well. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Does that make sense, guys? So whether or not you desire, whether or not you, uh, uh, you seek the kingdom, we are going to have them. Because if you are seeking the kingdom to have it, then you were never really seeking the kingdom. Hallelujah. Does that make sense, guys? But whether or not you seek the kingdom, you are going to have them. Are we together, guys? Okay. So the purpose of prayer, the focus of prayer in the New Testament is people. Even from Jesus, we see that. He was usually praying about people. Even when you see what the theologians call the high priestly prayer of Jesus, John chapter 17. John 17 from verse 1 to verse 26. John 17, 1 to 26. What is called the high priestly prayer of Jesus? You realize that throughout the entire place, there all that was prayed for was people. People, John 17, from verse 1 to 26, all that he was praying for there was people. Either the apostles, please, are you guys there? Because you guys are looking like you can't see it. Did you see it? John 17 is in the New Testament after Matthew before Revelation have you seen it ok John 17, John 17. because of time cannot read true, but it's what they call the high priestly prayer of Jesus hallelujah and you see him there now listen this was Jesus when he was about to die and the most important thing he was still praying about was what was people was men hallelujah listen there can never be anything more important in the work of ministry than men Hallelujah. Let me quickly say this. I was, I, was, I, was, um, I was meditating to myself on the road a, a while ago about um, material, um, the gospel of materialism and men, etc., etc. And then God said something to me. God said that people have really gotten the old idea of money and the gospel wrong. People think what we say when we say that a man's life doesn't consist in the abundance of things he has. People think what we are trying to say is that um, don't have like do away with money, just focus on the gospel. Do you understand? Or something like that. Like, but the real point of it is this is that what we are trying to say is that no amount of money, no matter how much it is, can equate the life of a man. Are you with me? So, the point is not that so people think when we are talking about push away materialism gospel, what we are saying is that we'll just be teaching, teaching the gospel under shades, right? We'll just teach it under mango tree. All right, on benches and all. No, the point is this, is that there is no amount of money that will be too much to use for the gospel. Do you get it? So if you are supposed to equate the gospel with money, there is not like, we should be spending millions like it's nothing. Like, when is the gospel? Just spend. Are you with me? So, so, some people, they think what we are saying when we are pushing on materialism, is what we are saying is, the whole point of materialism is accumulating money. That is what, the, because what Jesus said was that do not save into stores where moths and thieves and robbers can affect, right? He says lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. So what Jesus was against wasn't necessarily having money. It was about the mindset of keeping it for yourself as though you build your life on it. Do you understand me? I'm going to teach about materialism and um, about the believer and wealth next year. That's our first teaching. Is that our first teaching next year? Yeah, that's our first teaching next year. The believer and wealth. I'm going to teach expressly on, on that. So the mindset really that you should have is this. There is no amount of money that is too much used for the gospel. Hallelujah. In fact, we should want to break records. To so let people see that if it has been created by a man, it can be used for the gospel hallelujah great to Jesus he said some are making arguments should a pastor on a private Pastor, some arguments are very very to be honest Seven years just so this man has churches in about 180 countries it's you know be going canoe or chariots hallelujah great to Jesus the mindset you must have is that if it was made by a man it can be used for the gospel there is nothing made by a man that can be too expensive for the gospel are we together are we together? That's the mindset to have, but we'll talk about that well next month. Just not to say that. So that's the mindset you must have. And so this must feel our idea towards evangelism. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Listen, if we spend if we do a crusade that costs millions of naira, and in that crusade, only one person got saved. It was worth it. Are we together? It was worth it. Amen Don't get me wrong This is not to mean that we should, not, we should not learn moderation I believe in moderation I'm a very moderate kind of person Alright But my point is this There is no amount of money That is too much For the gospel It is not too much Amen Hallelujah And Gone are those days Where we used to say Ah we, the, the message day Power day But money no day is a lie Amen Ah Money done day Glory to Jesus There is money uh, amen. I remember I told you guys this thing once. I don't know if some, some of you that, that like here for a while remember. I said there will never be a time when the reason we will not embark on the project is money. I think I said it before, remember? I don't think we've had anything like that. And in fact, we've not done anything yet. Actually, it will never be that way. Amen. If God says do, we do. And the money will come. Amen. I will it, and we'll spend this. And now I will come again glory to Jesus, hallelujah because you cannot evangelize God I will talk about this thing next month you can't evangelize God without money amen, hallelujah can't evangelize God without money just think about this. let's just decide that I want to do tracts in Yoruba as many as possible and we just want to distribute them it's money we are going to use, we can't use tongues amen, it's money old? hallelujah, so th- let that begin to reorient your mindset towards materialism materialism is not pushing money out the door Hallelujah. Materialism is putting money in its place. Oh, no way. We'll, we'll talk about that later. But let me continue. So we see the high priestly prayer of Jesus. And what I'm trying to establish here basically is that the focus of prayer in the New Testament is what? Is on people. So let's move on. I was supposed to teach about praying in tongues, but I doubt that I have the time to teach on that today. So I'm just going to move on. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bodins, leadings, and projects. Bodins, leadings, and projects. Actually, I was supposed to teach. I was supposed to teach on prayer last month. Then teach on bodies, leadings and projects this month. So, there is, so that's why there's a lot of things I'm rushing. There's a lot of things I'm skipping, basically because of time. So, please just um, stay with me. Bodies, bodies leadings leaders, and projects. You see, one of the things you need to realize that is that in the new creation. Our body, our spirit, and our souls are saved, and that's a very important concept, particularly the fact that our souls, the seat of our consciousness, our mind is saved hallelujah you know uh, 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 Paul was is, is it, no not, not Paul Peter was speaking in 1st Peter chapter 1 and verse 9 he says uh, receiving the end of your faith the salvation of your souls hallelujah he says of which salvation the prophets have required and such diligently who the of the grace that shall come unto you searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ shall in them be signified but let me not get there but one of the things you see basically is that one of the things that is saved for a man is his soul his mind hallelujah and one of the things that you have in Christianity is that Christianity is a miracle of change desires Hallelujah. In Christianity, it is a miracle of change desires. Christianity is such that our yearning and our longing is now for God and for the things of God. Titus chapter 2 and verse 14, let's go there, Titus 2 and verse 14, Titus chapter 2 and verse 14, Titus is before Philemon, Philemon is before Hebrews. How do I know? Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, Peter, Peter, John, John, John. Jude, Revelation. Amen. Hallelujah. Some of you, the reason why you are not, not good at Bible school, really, is because you would not attend church while you were babies. Your children, are not, your parents are not take you to church. I'm sorry. Amen. No, you can't you, can you, joking. Go and check. Most of the people that are like, go, for you look most of the folks that are like men of God right now, They've always been that way since they were young. I'm not even joking. If I count folks among them that were not that way, they're usually very little. They are there, we don't get me. It's not like they're not there, but they're usually very little. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. It's just facts. So be a good father. That's what I'm trying to say. Or be a good parent. Not yet, anyways. Just to be clear. I, I, like I, I don't I don't think I should admit to say that, but these days you have to make everything clear. So that just <laughs> and verse 14. It says, He gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to cleanse us for himself, a people for his own possession, eager to do good works. So MKJV says, zealous for good works. Hallelujah. So, the believer is one that is zealous for good works. People, people need to understand, the believer is not trying to be zealous. When you find a believer who isn't zealous, the issue is not that he doesn't have zeal inside of him. The issue is that he is not conscious of that. Hallelujah. Ephesians 2 and verse 10 says, we are, the workmanship, we are the workmanship of God, created unto Christ Jesus, unto good works. So, we are created to do good works. That is what we are. That is our default nature. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Um, in Psalms 110, from verse 1 to verse 3, it says in Psalms 110 that the Lord said unto my Lord, Sit out my right hand I make the enemies your footstool. And then when you, when you look at um, how the epistles explain it, you realize that it was referring to the sitting of authority that Jesus did upon his resurrection. I think I explained this in exploring salvation. So I'm not going to go there. So, in, so the context of Psalms 110 from verse 1 actually refers to the day of salvation. Now verse 3 now says something very interesting. It says the people shall be willing in the days of his power another version says the people shall be volunteers in the days of his path in other words what he's trying to say is this in the time or in the era of salvation the people will be willing Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So we are men that are willing for God. We are not trying to become willing for God. We are not looking for the will on the inside of God. Bible says in Philippians 2 verse 13. It is God who works in you both to what? Both to will and to what? And to do of his good pleasure. Hallelujah. Say I am willing of God. I am willing of God. The will is that work in you. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. So inherent in us is the passion for the things of God as believers. A passion for the things of God. Uh, Coming. There's a lot here, sorry. Okay, very good. So, I said, internet in us is a passion for the things of God. And so you see, even from the Old Testament, one of the fundamental ways that God leads men is via passion. Hallelujah. It's via passion. Such that you see these men have a tendency to do some things that cannot just be explained. Hallelujah. Other people are just lackadaisical like towards those things. They don't really count. But this man, to these men, these things are extremely important. Are we together, guys? Are we together? Let me give you a very good example. A very good example is uh, Moses. So Moses, in Exodus 2, Exodus 2, from verse 10, i mean moses was raised by egyptians have you guys ever wondered how come moses ended up with israelites it doesn't make any sense if you think about it he literally was raised among egyptians why why did he have so much love for the israelites he must have been in the palace throughout if you know the way palaces were in those days you don't allow royals mixed with slaves so he wouldn't have had so much interactions with the Israelites. The only interaction he probably would have had would have been through Miriam, who had to take care of him when he was young. Are we together. So there was no sensible reason as to why Moses had so much. This guy was groomed in the way of the Egyptians. He, he lived among Egyptians all his life. Just think about it. Imagine that someone gave birth to you, but you grew up with a particular family. You, how many of you guys have seen blood and water? Blood and water. Unless... Ah. Oh, man of God. <laughs> well, well, shall your disciples? I mean, it's all good. But the point is this: is that often times the people you grow up with are the ones you have more affiliation with. It doesn't even really matter who gave birth to you. I wish you got that, guys. So the question you have to ask yourself is why? Did why was it that even though this man was groomed among Egyptians, he still had a passion for Israelites to liberate Israelites? Amen. Such that he sees an Egyptian sometimes, the passion can even become abnormal. He sees an Egyptian right, um, an Egyptian that was you know, beating an Israelite and then he goes there and in trying to split them, he kills the Egyptian Hallelujah you know, at the end of the day he thought that uh, by doing that that the guy will be like, ah, my guy, my guy <laughs> the next day two Israelites were now fighting why, why, why does that guy like fights? The same guy, another fight the second day. And now wanted to, shit. <laughs> he wanted to surprise me. That one said he wants to keep me like the chief I said, "Ah, you say ah, that's an boss. <laughs> My guy, it's here come on. All right." And then he left. I went together. And then Hebrews gives a very beautiful rendition of what happened with Moses. Look at Hebrews 11, from verse 24 to 27. Hebrews 11. Hebrews chapter 11, from verse 24 to 27. Hallelujah! Glory to Jesus. Amen. he says by faith Moses when he, when he had grown up refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter and chose to suffer with the people of God rather than enjoy the short lived pleasure of sin he says for he considered the reproach of the Messiah to be greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt since his attention was on the reward he says by faith he left Egypt behind not being afraid of the king's anger for Moses persevered as one who sees him as one who sees him who is invisible Hallelujah. So, you see how, the way the Bible puts it, it clearly shows you that he left away, so he had wealth in Egypt. He had riches in Egypt. And he was ready to do away with the riches in Egypt. Hallelujah. Just for faith. For the sake of faith. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. So, he had an unexplainable. just imagine you were Moses' friend. What would you say? you, did alright. Like, what did they do you? You did, you did a child better you did, Jesus, uh, you are literally you are the guy that, when um, you are just like the way, or tell buy this thing for his children like, you, you get, you, you, you use the finest of chariots, chariots, E class 2.0 Jesus, uh, like, the latest stallions you have them in your chariot, so, like, what else do you want, you get, but yet there was a passion in him that led him towards God's plan for his life here's something you guys need to realize, I'm going hey, what am I teaching on of the Spirit, I don't know See, when it comes to leading of the Spirit, one of the ways, and this is something that you probably need to learn, one of the ways that God leads men is via passion. Have you ever seen some people and you wonder, what is fueling their passion? Be honest. Have you ever seen people like that? You look at them and you just wonder. For example, like, for example, you say, I want to cover the world with the gospel. I want to cover the world with the gospel. Like, you're like, I get it. Myself, I want to cover the world with the gospel. Do you get who, who is giving you this ginger? Have you guys ever had those kind of things before? Like, where do you have this ginger from earlier? Is is because let me let me explain. When when I was when I I began to have like very, very serious bodings, somewhere in the middle of this year, earlier, a little earlier, the middle of this year. So I was now asking myself that come. Is this where everybody's feeling this thing? Like honestly, I was asking myself that question. I'm not going to lie to you. I was like, if everybody's feeling this way. Nobody will walk. Home. <laughs> I'm serious. Everybody else just leave what we are doing and just get a face ministry. Do you get? It? I know. And I began to ask, ask so many questions. So, does that mean everybody should start a work? Do you understand? Like, is this. Do you understand? Then I also spoke to another friend of mine and I realized something. We both had passion, but the passion was in different directions. It was still for the gospel, but she did not have it the way I was having it. I didn't you get my point. Like, she also had passion no, to preach the gospel, but it wasn't in the line of starting anything. Do you get my point? You guys know what I'm saying. Some of you, you have a passion. But you know your passion is just to be under someone. Like, you just are, this is the person I'm supposed to follow. Do you understand me? And if you realize this, uh, it will help your life. It will, it will help you from unnecessary competition. Amen? Going to Jesus. So you're not going to do what you're supposed to do. <laughs> some of you know. You, you, some of you should also wonder. Why is it that it looks like it's easier for people to start some things. And it's just hard for other people. <laughs> you, let, me, let me give you a very good example. Ah, she has this example. How many of you know that when it comes to discipleship, for the truth, it has to do with skill. The, the more you do, the better you get at it. But you also realize that in discipleship too, there is grace. You know there are some people that they just will just have disciples. You cannot explain but they just will keep having people that will come, keep coming to meet them. Sometimes it's not even that they are going out on that ritual. You know not have people that will come and meet them and say, Sir, I want you to train me. You see, and don't kill yourself. <laughs> Honestly, my brother was saying something on Sunday. He said, Imagine that you want to be dragging grace with Jesus. You want to be dragging grace with all i to be you. <laughs> you want to kill yourself. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't get me wrong, this is not in any way to make you lazy, but this is just to say, no man can receive anything, of, no man can receive anything, it's said to be given to him of God. Hallelujah! When you realize this, it will just calm you down. So one of the ways that God leads men is via passion. There are some, there are some things that I cannot relate to, quite, rea- quite honestly. When I put up about, um, like say maybe, um, um, passion for children, I honestly can, for a while, I even believe that they are not serious. I would like to I say, we are talking about preachers, we are talking about preachers children. I know better now anyways, I know better now. But I don't, I don't feel it. Just, and I people that, don't just say children around them. They can cry. They are like that. Like just say, there are unsaved children in the world. They will just start crying. Hallelujah. But there was a time this year that I must not hear crusade. Uh, I'm gone for. Here's him now. Maybe now I have a better way of arranging myself around those things. And I have, now I have to learn that you have to do other things. Do you understand? With these bodies. <laughs> you have to do other things too. Not that Because trust me, it can be terrible. It can be terrible. You won't be able to do anything. you just be there. Some of you know what I'm saying now. You won't be able to... Your mind will be racing. Your heart will beat fast. Like beating so fast. You just want to do something. That's why I used to get, collect unexpected voice notes, give you prophecies. It's because I want to just do something. I'm sorry. That's it. That's, it. That's, it. That's simply the reason. Like I just have to get this thing out somewhere. Hallelujah. So I'm not, I'll talk better about it under the, the leading of the Spirit. You know, in some of our teachings. But one of the ways that God leads is partial. And another good example, David. Think about it. This man, he has always been with sheep, tending sheep. One day, somehow. The day when Goliath comes out to insult the army of Israel is the day that Jesse sends David to go and give food to his elder brothers. Now, David takes food to his elder brothers. By the way, if you realize, if you look at how David's story was, David wasn't a very huge man in stature. David was—he was actually short. He wasn't so short, but well, he was relatively short. But one of the ways you can know is because when you look at the disparity between Saul and David, you can tell. Are we together? Even uh, the way you even know particularly was on the day when, um, when the day when Samuel went to the house of Jesse to anoint, when he started from the first child in fact the Bible clearly says that he saw him, right, and he saw him as a man that was of stature, the first child of Jesse. and because Saul was also a man of stature he believed that that was going to be the next king Bible now says by the time Moses, um, David was coming afar, they, he described he said he was fed to look at a young man it wasn't so... Do you understand? And so, David, is going, David goes to the battlefield, goes to give food to his brothers. And coincidentally, Goliath is making mouths. Now, everybody there is afraid. Everybody is scared. But somehow, this small boy that just came to bring food, where everybody is being scared, is annoyed about it. You need to realize how crazy it is. This small boy, everybody is scared of this guy. Everybody that has war experience. This boy has never fought a war before. Hallelujah. He gets there to give food and somehow he hears the shout of Goliath and he's not like, ah, I'm here. let me run away and go. Instead, he gives the food to his brother and says, he asks somebody, he says, what will be given to the person who beats this person up? So you know, you know the crazy, you know the kind of mindset. It's not the mindset of can we beat him? Is is after we beat him, what's going to happen? you can, like, What's the incentive? You know what and you know what happens next? His brother Eliab, the firstborn, comes to him and says, "What's your problem? You started again. So, You're yeah, here again." And you know what? I like the way the Bible puts it there. David said, "What have I done?" It's the same way when you know the firstborn is talking like the lastborn, and lastborn, I look at him. What did I do? Jesus. He said, "What have I done?" I have not caused any trouble. And I like the way the Bible puts it there. It says, and David turned his face away and went somewhere else. And imagine what now happens. David was saying it in the camp so much that the Bible says the news, reached, the news reached Saul in his own tense. So it wasn't that David was just saying it here. David was actually asking after a guy, what will happen to the person that beats this person? Say, I don't know. Okay, let me ask. So as he was saying it, the news now spread. There's one guy that says something here. There's one guy that says something here. Until he got to Saul. Do you know how long it must have taken? This is an AMEO. this is not 100 people, it's not 1,000 people, it's not, it's about 10,000 people, we're talking about 10,000, 100,000 people, that the news will spread and get to Saul in his tents. And they call him, and he stands. <laughs> you know to understand how reckless it is. People don't realize this thing. Do you know what it means for a man to commit the future of an entire nation to the hands of a young man? That's the a man To the hands of a boy that has never fought a war before. People are always very quick to judge, so they don't realize that was the sadness. So, this that's what happens to men who, even though the spirit has lifted, they can descend. That's the place of experience. Saul saw something in David that he had before. That's what people don't realize. People, people think when Saul saw David, he just saw when, he, when Saul heard the way David was talking. Saul knew it before, like he knew that the way this guy is talking, I've had it before that was the point because just think about it: how do you leave a boy that doesn't have war experience don't you realize that if in those days oh god alright just open okay, uh-huh. alright so you know because in those days if Goliath had killed Saul if Goliath had killed David he had taken over Israel do you understand? So what Saul was doing there basically was handing over the future. Basically handed over his kingdom to the hands of David. Are we together. Do you understand me? But there was passion speaking. Does that make sense guys? Passion. You see, passion will bring you to where people, where everybody is running away like this. Passion will just be doing like this. Going there, going there, going there. Hallelujah! sometimes you won't even explain why one and meet men, often ask men who do some stuff, they will tell you that even they themselves, they don't wish to do it it's not like they like it it's just that you are restless if you don't do it hallelujah glory to Jesus, uh, I think that's enough examples, yeah, I mean there are myriads of examples another good example is Jeremiah, Jeremiah said I wish I couldn't talk, but he said it was like fire shot up in my bones Hallelujah. Like Jeremiah was at that point where he said, he said I prophesied, I prophesied, they don't want to hear. He's almost looking like I'm a false prophet. He said, I wish I couldn't say anything anymore. He said, but this, he said, this thing within me is like fire. Shut up in my bones. I can't go speak it. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. That, you know, that's a way that God leads us. And that, in, in the New Testament, a very good example is Paul. A very good example is Paul. Paul was about to go to Jerusalem, and every first of all, when he said it in Ephesus that he was going to go to Jerusalem, right? Everybody was saying that you know don't go, you know they will kill you, etc., etc. Everybody was crying. He said, "My heart is set. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to Jerusalem." He says, "I'm even ready to die." When Agabus prophesied in Acts 21, um, Agabus is always dramatic. Took the gadu, tied it to himself. Says the person who's gathered I'm tying. Like he said that's how they were tying, and they were. While I am making that thing, all one you are saying, "I I will still go. Just that passion. Everybody is going like this. You are going like this. Sometimes people say you are stubborn. It's needed. Sure, you know that there is a level of stubbornness that is required to do the work of God. But in this our time. But again, the kind of parents we have. If you listen to your parents, you will not, you will not obey God. though. I'm not to be rebellious. Maybe I am a little, but don't. don't but I'm being honest. you obey, listen, let me tell you the fact, if you obey everybody around you even people that you respect spiritually there are some moves you will make eh? sometimes, the people that you respect spiritually cannot understand it are you with me? it's okay hallelujah, it's okay but just be sure that it is the leading of God that's what I say, Often when someone comes to meet me ask them one question are you sure? that's it, and trust me if it is of God, you'll be sure if you are still saying, I think, I'm not so... you don't know. Hallelujah. You you are not sure yet. There are some leaders that when it comes, you just know. And it stays that way. There are a few times where you can have some oscillations left and right when you're not so sure. But most, when you go back to... And that's the thing about the passion, how you know it is of God. If you go back to the place of prayer, even if you are not praying about it, it comes. You guys know what I'm talking about now. There are some things that you you don't plan. It has happened before, a while ago. I was battling something in my mind. And then, I usually have this... um, Relatively long hour prayer meeting on weekends for myself, right? And then while I was praying for four hours, I was seeing the same vision. I saw the same vi- This vision, it, it was not more than maybe two or three sins, two or three sins. But I saw the vision for four hours, and I wasn't even intending on praying on it before. That was all I prayed for for four hours. The same thing. You know, i done, you don't argue again. You just say, I agree. No thanks, I beg. I'll do it. No problem. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. So one of the ways that God leads us is via bodies. He places a body in our hearts. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. He places a body in our hearts, a body, a body for souls. Hallelujah. And you see, oftentimes this burden leads us to do things. Hallelujah. So there, there are oftentimes are outlets in our bodies based on the bodies we feel in our hearts. Hallelujah. Sometimes you are praying, you scream. Sometimes you are praying, you shout. Sometimes your voice goes up. Some of you, some of you have no experience what I'm talking about. You're going to experience it tomorrow. Hallelujah. You're going to receive that burden. And there's one thing about burden. Burden stays. Oh. Burden stays. Burden is not... <laughs> Amen. That's all. That's not burden. Oh. Burden is every time when you go there, that you do, ah. That's not it. Burden is every time, when, there are times when you are praying for a week, you are seeing the same vision. Same thing, it did not change, same thing. There are times when all you are seeing is, you could just be seeing darkness and light springing out. That's all you are seeing for days on end. Hallelujah. Great, Jesus. There are times when, in fact, there are times that you have a burden at some point, but then you became serious, So it stopped. By the time you picked up your favency again, you get the same burden again. He comes again. This time, utter Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Say we receive. We receive the burden for souls. We receive the burden for the lost. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. You see, we can't do the things of God if we don't have bodies like this. So. Hallelujah. There must be a burning desire in our heart to see these things come to pass. Hallelujah. And when these bodies come, we translate them to prayer. Hallelujah. Prayer is where we incubate it, we cook it up. You cook it well, very very well. Hallelujah. Then you launch it. Glory to God. So what happens is that after you are done praying, right? You now begin to walk in the you begin to walk in the confidence, Hallelujah, of those things. Prayer would have made it possible. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. If you have not felt a burden before, be ready to feel a burden tomorrow. Hallelujah. But in for soul. see, listen, I, I said something. Um, I have been saying this to my folks, that one of the things that Carizo committee is gonna do is that it's gonna it's gonna give a clear cut direction as to what 2022 will be for Caruso, for Caruso the ministry. But one thing I know for sure, I've said I'm saying it again and again, so you guys should just know we're gonna teach a lot. We're gonna teach a whole lot next year, next next month. I'm sorry, next year. Can teach a whole lot, but majorly, it's going to be a project, like, we'll clearly know that this is what we are here to do. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. And one thing we'll see also is that, other people may be doing this, other people may be doing that, but this is what we are here to do. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. And even if what other people are doing is working for them, that is not what we are here to do. Amen. Praise Jesus. Simple. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. I mean, when you hear a man say that um, my soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death, it's as though, it's it's like as though there is a weight on your heart. That's the only way I can explain it. You feel, you feel like as though, it's like as though there is a stone present on your heart, and it's as though your heart is beating so heavy. That's how you feel it. Sometimes in body you cry. Hallelujah. You express emotions. And so, you know the beautiful thing about bodies too? Is that there are times when you pray and you know you get something. Hallelujah. You know, there are times when you pray and you suddenly feel light. Hallelujah. You feel like you could literally be levitating off the ground. Like, ah, the world is at my feet. You know what I'm saying? There are times when I'm done praying. I'm like, yeah. Ah, where is it? Where is it? Bring it. There are, there are times when I'm done praying and I feel like teaching. I'm not joking. There are times when I'm done praying. I'm like, yes, I can teach now. If I catch you, oh yeah, Hallelujah, glory to Jesus, praise God. And as many times you are yeah, done praying, you feel like healing the sick. You just know at that point that if I caught someone that was live right now, I'm going to get the person standing. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. yeah. And right now, uh, one of the things that God told me is that we are in our times of planting. Hallelujah, planting of the word. We must plant recklessly. We must plant as though every ground is our own. Hallelujah! you know the way farmers plants they will guard, this is my farm, this is my ground do you understand, so I don't want to plant in this person's ground, no, we sprinkle the seed everywhere hallelujah I think that's how they plant tomatoes you know there are some seeds that you don't have to bury you just sprinkle them on the, on the soil right, and then they grow, hallelujah that's how, that's how we're going to sprinkle the word sprinkle it everywhere hallelujah, word, 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 word word, 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 word see, where is the word ah, what? amen, hallelujah plans. 23. We go other Praise God. Hallelujah. The word. Amen. Amen. For those of you that you don't want to, um, one of the reasons why you don't post is because you don't want you don't want your WhatsApp page to seem religious. All right. Let me tell you something. Already. Eh. All the any information you want to post on your WhatsApp, they have enough people to post it for them. Think about that. Amen. Any kind of information you want to be posting career. Eh? They have people to post career. Are we together? They don't just have people to post the gospel. Do you understand? I would, i have decided to take up that responsibility. I'm going to be the voice shouting in your ear: Grow, grow, grow. Like whenever you see my WhatsApp status or my Instagram post, I say, Ah, what oh, is date? to your Hallelujah. <laughs> That's it. Praise God. Amen. Say, say, who is that guy? You don't know him. The Bible added to when word new, word word word. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Amen, amen. All right, then also leadings. You know, um, of course, the believer has the spirit of God in him, as we know. The believer has the spirit of God in him, and you see, one of the ways that we can stay conscious of the leadings of God is via prayer that prayer? You see, I must say this, and it's very important. You know, one of the things you would notice about the church in the early years is that the church was such a one that was given to the leading of the spirits. The church did not just take steps anyhow. Hallelujah. For example, look at Acts 8. When Philip was in Samaria, I mean, if I were Philip, having done all those mighty things in Samaria, you just open. I mean, you've done miracles, you've done signs and wonders, etc., etc. You know, what else is next? Just open signs and wonders working ministries. Amen? Yeah. Bring all your limbs. Uh, you know, you see, uh, God has helped us cover uh, these lands. Uh, uh, we thank God. Uh, you know, and every pastor never knew it was going to be that big. Uh, have you realized? When we started, we didn't really see, we didn't really plan all of this. God just took control. Amen. Just be, Just be, Hallelujah. You know, when I talk to my children, it means, don't mind me. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. But my point basically is this, is that we must learn to be led by the Holy Ghost. You see, let me say this. Being led is not just about um, we knowing that we must be led. We must expect to be led. Hallelujah. We must not be okay taking steps solely by our thinking or our planning. Are we together, guys? For example, look at Acts 8. I mean, this man had just done a wonderful ministry in Samaria. You would expect that, ah, let me just stay here and who take over the land. And then, the Spirit of God leads him to a desert. Shall sure you know if you are the friend. This is way sweet to read in the Bible. Sure you know if you are the friend. Like, just let me give you a very good example. Very, very good example. Your friend has taken over the gospel in U.S. Over the gospel in U.S. Everybody knows his name. <laughs> then you just tell you, says, hello. Um, maybe, I feel the Lord leading me to Kaduna. You best tell him, come. I get, I get it. I know it's the Lord. I know it's the Lord. But, let's have a discussion with the Lord. It's Kaduna who... <laughs> Are you sure it's Kaduna the Lord said, or is it, you know, it could have been that maybe because, maybe it's the North that you saw in your heart. it could have been the North Pole, not the North in Nigeria, you know, are you sure? North America, those are places those are continents, you know, the word is spreading, are you sure, Kaduna? there are missions there, there are people doing the work of God there leading by the Spirit. and the most interesting thing, you would expect that, ah, when the spirit of God led him to um, the desert, he would just get there and you would just see men that have been waiting for the gospel you just say, ah, no wonder the Lord led me here, see thousands waiting for the gospel no, he saw one man in fact, the man was not even staying in one place it was on a chariot, so the man did not even stay you know he met him, he preached to him, got him say this everything, and immediately the spirit carried him away. It's like the spirit didn't have one plan for him to be in one place. We'll go and, in. and you don't find the name of Philip mentioned again until Acts 17. Hallelujah. Is it act seven? No, sorry, not Act 17, Act 21. Hallelujah. Where he's now called Philip the Evangelist, and he had seven virgins that prophesied. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. The leading of the spirit. You must learn, learn to be led. Learn to say, I, can't, I don't know what to do right now because I'm not yet led. It first starts from the mindset where you tell yourself that, I will not take a decision unless I am led. Although there are some decisions, maybe I'll get to that on linear, There are some decisions that you don't necessarily have to wait for a alright? But you cannot afford to take major decisions and not be led. They don't do just doing your life anyhow. Because by the time when you hit obstacles, you need to be able to tell yourself that, I am here because God brought me here. Are you with me? Because there will always be that point in your life. Now imagine that you are not sure that's where God would have you be. That's the greatest confusion. That's why some of you are in relationship. (sighs) So he said, now, wow, I'm just coming. (laughs) You know, you are a relationship, you're never sure if it's the voice of God or it's the voice of your bones. You don't even know. You're not there, finished. Everything is not dojuru. You don't even know whether to pray or not to pray. You don't even know like, back and back pressure. When is that the boyfriend God that you have? If you tell him that, I think we should pray about it, he looks at you somehow. <laughs> we should pray about words. Baby, this is just about, like, ah, I <laughs> can't No discernment, nothing. Ah, man. It is, it is where I, I laugh like this. At least you will cover up people. Uh-uh. Even if it is you that we are talking about, you won't know, let it be obvious. <laughs> obvious. Uh-huh. Everybody is looking at you like a bad person. Uh-huh. Anyways, let me go on. So Now, I-, I want to also use a very good example. The example of Paul. Paul in Acts 16. So, Paul had just, you know, Paul had just um, finished um, preaching, right, Uh and in Acts 16, you see that Bible. he was about to go to Asia right? and the Bible says that he was constrained by the Spirit to go to Asia, from going to Asia and then, that's interesting the Bible says because Jesus told us to preach the gospel to every creature so it means that even in the leading of the Spirit it's not just about what you are doing but you are doing what you are doing the right way Hallelujah, so, sometimes it's good enough that we are ambitious but our ambition must be in the right direction we must do it the way God would have us do it are we together that is the reason why there are some things that other people may be doing in their ministries that might work for them but it's not yet time for you to do it or you might never even do it amen that every pastor is singing doesn't mean your pastor will sing so that you don't become a confused ministry no, you are not doing everything I, You can, particularly when you are a, a person of prayer you can tell a confused ministry and they are not doing everything you just want because he's he's working here you now do this one he's working there you do that one too. he's working here you do this. don't get me wrong go it's not that you, there are things that you can see and you want to emulate you understand and you do it and so you get better right but there's are some things there's that if that's when you decide that we are going to do this thing now and then why you just stop let's pray more hallelujah hallelujah you must have that a lot in your ministry where because it's not impossible that as, natural, as human beings we have ambitions. We have plans. Uh, we want this thing to pick up. We want this thing to be this. We want this thing to be that. And there's a when you can just tell that ah, this thing is not of God. So let's stop. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. That's how it is. Lead it. And so Paul is led by the Spirit not to preach in Asia anymore. And then in a dream, he's there. Now pay attention because someone can use this as a very funny excuse. Now, he was led by the Spirit not to preach in Asia. Not that he was led by the Spirit not to preach at all. Are you with me? Are you with me? Then in a dream, he sees in the dream of the night, a man from Macedonia says, come come to us. Come help us. So he knew that by the Spirit of God, God wanted him to go to um, Macedonia. Now he goes to Macedonia. And now you would expect that, ah, because it was God that led him to Macedonia, that means you just would flange your dear. Like you just get there. And before you know, just like Jesus, you just see a horse tied to a colt. So, uh, uh, start to he uh, tied to this thing, and as you just get there, he just says, My name is Paul. And I say, Ah, we knew you were coming. Take this horse, you can use it, sir, for the work of ministry. And then, as he's doing, help us just be showing up left and right. We say, Yes, I'm working in God's plan. That was not it. Too. I hope you realize that, in fact, that was it. Was in that Act 16 that we brought out the song, Paul and Silas, They prayed, they sang the only because they were in prison, so they followed the plan of God into prison. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So in case you think that because it's the leading of God, it's always going to be easy. Because that is the leading of God doesn't make it easy. And also that it's not the leading of God doesn't mean it will be hard. That is where you're not working in God's plan, but the relationship is sweet. And what am I want the relationship today. Oh God. Let me leave that relationship. Else. That is time you are not working in God's plan and it's going to be sweet. Are we together? Glory to God. But the problem is that you didn't work in God's plan. Hallelujah! And also, when you are walking in God's plan and it is hard, the the um, advantage is that you walk in God's plan. Hallelujah! Is that you are at the center of His plan? So there is short I the shorty. Are we together, guys? Now, this is what people do not realize. At the end of the day, Paul had one of the strongest missionary works in Asia. That was when, in Acts 19, he went, to, um, he went there and he met um, some disciples who said that they had believed, right? But they had only believed in the baptism of John. And then he laid hands on them, taught them the gospel, got them saved, got them disciples, right? We, um, um, had the house, a house, a school of tyrannos, right? Taught them the gospel there. And in two and a half years, the whole of Asia was covered. An entire continent was covered in two and a half years. Hallelujah. Let me now tell you some of the interesting things that people don't realize. Do you know that it was on the trip from Macedonia to Asia that Paul met Aquila and Priscilla? On the trip from Macedonia to Asia was when he met Aquila and Priscilla in Acts 18. And he taught them the gospel. Aquila and Priscilla were the ones that met Apollos in Acts 18.24 and 25. And they are the ones that taught Apollos the gospel. Apollos was now the man that helped to stabilize the Corinthian church. If you remember, when Paul was saying, Paul planted Apollos' water. Apollos was the man that and interestingly, the Corinthian church was one of the churches that Paul founded along his ministry work from Macedonia to Asia. What am I trying to say? You can never be wiser than God. You can never see it coming. So you would have thought that God was slowing Paul down. God wasn't slowing Paul down. If Paul had not done that, we would have heard of Apollos. Apollos was a mighty man in the work. Of Aquila and Priscilla. Do you know who Aquila and Priscilla were? Aquila and Priscilla were so mighty. Paul said that greets them. They are men that have laid down their lives for the gospel. For my sake. He said they laid down their necks. Meaning they were ready to die. For his sake. Great helpers in the work of ministry. Those kind of people, you don't find them anyhow. I wish together. You don't easily find them. There are disciples and there are helpers in the work. I wish together guys. You don't easily find them. And it was just because he followed the leading of the Spirit. You can never be wiser than God. Just accept that. No matter how sweet it looks, you can never be wiser than God. Never. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Praise God. Projects. Projects. bodies leadings, and projects. I'm going to use an Old Testament example for projects here. You see, in the rebuilding of the Temple of Israel, after it had been demolished, so um, in the Bible we see primarily about two major times the Temple was demolished, two major times. The first one was in the Old Testament by the the Babylonian Empire, finally in in the Old Testament. The second time was when it was destroyed in 70 AD by the Roman Empire. But then, when it was destroyed by the Babylonian Empire, where they took them captive, right, to Babylon, by the rivers of Babylon, where we said that was the whole idea. They, they sang that song on their trip to Babylon because the, the slave masters in Babylon were telling them to sing one of the songs of Israel. There. I was together. So they were saying that, how can they sing the long song in a strange land? How can they sing the songs of worship to God? And these were 13 slave masters. That was the whole point there. Alright. So, now, they were in Babylon. Now, when you talk about the rebuilding of the temple of Israel, we have about four prophets involved. You have Ezra, you have Nehemiah, you have Zerubbabel, you have Agai. Ezra, Nehemiah, Zerubbabel, and Agai. Now, you also have four kings involved in the, rebu- in, in the old story of the temple, right? You have King Cyrus, you have King Artaxerxes, also known as Ahasuerus, um, Ahasuerus, that's Artaxerxes. You have King Xerxes there's atasexes, there's sexes and then you have King Dios I'm sorry, I don't have time, that's why I'm rushing through this actually, it's quite some study alright, now there was a prophecy by Jeremiah that the desolation of when you say desolation of the temple it means the destruction of the temple That was going to last for 70 years hallelujah, now when 70 years was completed the Spirit of God moved the heart of King Cyrus. Now, notice, Cyrus was a pagan king. He was the king of Babylon. Are we together? We're a pagan king. Now, the Spirit of God moved... This is in Ezra 1, from verse 1 to 4. You can read it after you know, your own at home. Ezra 1, 1 to 4. The Spirit of the Lord moved Cyrus to make a decree that the temples should be rebuilt. Now, this was very weird. You need to understand how weird this is. This is a pagan king. Are we together? In that sense, a symbol of Israel's authority and power is their temple if you are rebuilding their temple, basically, you are more or less restoring their civilization Are we together. So, naturally, a pagan king should be against the rebuilding of the temple. But somehow, the Spirit of God led, you know, moved the heart of King Cyrus, a pagan king, to begin to build the temple. I you know, that's beautiful. And of course, as you will expect, they start with, you know, the priests and the prophets. Alright? And of course, you know, so they began to start with the priests and the elders of Israel. They began to reduce the temple. But you see, they began to get comfortable as they were building the temple. You know, you know, we have the king's backing. You know, there are times like that. So, as, as ministers of the gospel, when we begin to see some um, some, we begin to receive some um, assistance from the world. You know, you they they post your video on Insta blog as a church. Maybe you guys do something amazing. They post you on Insta blog, or everybody's talking about you. Or in fact, people are donating to your even people that know your church are donating to your ministry. Hallelujah! You know, so you begin to feel like ah. God is, you know, God is using us. You understand my point? So you are know, beginning to feel good. But you know, we need to realize this, that for every time when the move of God is championed on the earth, the devil is always at work against it. Hallelujah. We must never act as though we do not have an enemy. And so, of course, as you would expect, in Ezra chapter 4, from verse 1 to 5, some men came around who were actually enemies, but they first came around you know, posing as friends. Let's join you Let's join you in the building of your temple. You know, we like your God. Imagine, pagans. We're telling you, we like your God. We also want to build your temple with you. You know, we want to help you so that this work can be faster. We, you know, we can, we can, we can, we can, we can collaborate. Alright? We can give you platforms. Alright? So that, you know, you, you can reach more people. You know? And then, the Israelites were not interested. Said, so no, we don't want. We'll build our temple by ourselves. Alright? As we should. And of course, because was the devil working with these people. Now, it, they began to send complaints against the children of Israel and against the building of the temple, right? And they, they did this for a couple of years. But then Cyrus was still the king. And because Cyrus wanted the temple to be, to be rebuilt, he didn't care about what he said, all right? But then a new king came up, King Atasexus or Ahasuerus. He came around. And of course, they continued sending complaints to him. But by this time, this king, he was a pagan king. He didn't care about the former king be, be, before him. So the moment he got complaints that the Israelites were, were rebuilding their temple, Eh? To build their civilization back. Bam. He sent a decree. Stop the work. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So in other words, it's just like the way in the work of ancient today, we're having oppositions. So on and so forth. And one, one way or the other, opposition comes around and it stops the work. And so one of the things you need to realize, don't forget, this thing was prophesied by Jeremiah. So it was a word of prophecy that after 70 years, the temple will be rebuilt. But despite the fact that it was a word of prophecy, by the actions of men, it came to a halt we oftentimes times think that prophecies are so powerful that men cannot bring it to men cannot stop a prophecy from coming to pass but of the truth men can draw it back are we together glory to Jesus Bible says that the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea listen to me it is going to happen but by the actions or inactions of men it can, it can take longer than it should are we together guys I guys. So the fact that it is a prophetic word does not mean you take it. In fact, when a prophetic word is given, you must now run. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So somehow, there's King Catasexus, and during his reign, I mean they couldn't build the temple. King Sexus comes on um, the scene, too, as well. Same thing, he couldn't build the temple. Then a fourth king comes up, King Dyrus. Now, King Dairos comes about, and somehow, one way or the other. The prophets come on the scene Two prophets, Agai and Zechariah And they begin to prophesy They just came out and began to prophesy And as they began to prophesy People began to ginger in Israel People began to ginger again And everybody began They started rebuilding the temple Now notice this time They didn't wait for any other They didn't care about the other They began to rebuild the temple Whatever happens, happens Rebuild the temple So they began rebuilding the temple And of course those people came around Who gave you the order to rebuild the temple? They said, King Cyrus it's King Cyrus of three ten years ago gave us the orders to rebuild the temple. Ah, They got furious. They said, we'll send a report to Dyros, this new king. He tell them to stop. So they sent a report to Dyros. Darius called them. He said, how come? What's going on? He said, sir, King Cyrus of nearly 10 years ago told us to rebuild the temple. So we are rebuilding it. So Dyros now says, you know what? This is what's going to happen. Go into the archives. Go and check if of the truth Cyrus told them to rebuild the temple. If he really told them to, we will let them rebuild it. And then they went to search. And of the truth, they found out Cyrus actually told them to rebuild it so they could rebuild it. A question you have to ask yourself why would a king be interested in what a particular king three ten years ago said? Are you with me? Like in fact, you, the, kings, in fact the way kings walk is they want to establish their own authority. So in fact what they often do is they go against what the last king said. Are you with me? To so establish that I'm the one in charge now. Are you with me? That's how he works with them. But somehow, this king is interested in seeing the decree that was given three, ten years ago. That pay attention. The last two kings did not agree to. So, they must, So if, if a, a way to think is, for the last two kings not to have agreed, there must have been a reason why they did not agree. Do you get my point? Do you understand me? So, I think it's best if these Israelites, because I know their track record. Anytime, they, anytime their civilization is complete, any co- country they go against always falls down. Do you understand my point? So, there was no sensible reason for him to have told them to rebuild the temple. But somehow, he tells them to rebuild the temple. And of course, they rebuild it. And they see it's completed. But let me tell you something that people do not realize. There was a man named Daniel behind the scenes. In Daniel chapter 9, I want you guys to read this. Daniel 9, from verse 1 to 3, the Bible says that and I Daniel knew by the books I, Daniel, knew by the books that it was time for the desolation of Jerusalem to be complete. He says, and this was in the first year of Dairus the king. Now, pay attention to something. So, in the first year of Dairus the king, um, Daniel knew that the temple of Israel should have been rebuilt. Like, He should have started started rebuilding it. So, what did Daniel begin to do? Daniel knelt down and began to pray. This was the first year of Dairus the king. It was in the second year that those prophets began to spontaneously prophesy. So, to us, or to Israel, Israel would have felt like, the people of Israel would have felt like two prophets just came around and they started prophesying. They did not realize that somewhere in the background, a man was praying for one year. Are we together, guys? Do you understand me? So, a particular man, Daniel, pay attention. Daniel was not even in Israel at the time. Daniel was in Babylon. Are we together? Daniel just read. Daniel was the man that was given to read it. He just read, and by his reading, he knew that, ah it's time for Israel to be rebuked. And instead of Daniel to say, ah, what can I do? What did he do? He stepped out to pray. Do you realize how interesting it is that, in fact, Daniel did not force prophecy. Daniel didn't say, ah, that means Jeremiah lied. So, Daniel believed that it is more possible for prophecy to come to pass than for Jeremiah to lie. (laughs) Hallelujah. In other words, what if for all those prophetic words that you got, What you had to do was to stay in the place of prayer a little while longer. Hallelujah. What if you've given up too early? Hallelujah. So, you got that word of prophecy, and the next thing you're supposed to do is to pray. Imagine, what if after um, Daniel had prayed for one month, he didn't see any results, so he stopped praying. Hallelujah. He prayed for three months, for six months, for nine months, he didn't see anything. In the second year, men of God came out and began to prophesy. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Do you realize that throughout the rebuilding of the temple, until the temple was complete, you never hear the name of Daniel throughout throughout the book of Ezra, not once, not once, yet this man was on his knees praying, and he was making things happen in the place of prayer. Let me say some things, therefore. Therefore, there are some things you must know. First of all, is that, you see, we must be men that understand that prophecy works by prayer. If we don't see prophecy come to pass, it's not that prophecy is a lie; it's that we have not given ourselves to enough prayer. We must therefore go on our knees and begin to pray. Hallelujah! And do you know how many prophecies have gone about this generation? I don't see. If you want to know I believe personally that this generation is by far one of the generations that has received, that has had the most prophecies backing us up. Do you, literally, every major man of God, say major man of God has given a prophecy about the coming generation. Literally, every. Talk about anyone, can I see you again? Everybody has given a project. Our generation, if we are not saying this come to pass, it's because we are not praying, amen. Hallelujah! Good, so don't be saying, Ah, now, hey, how you got even covered. Go like yes, now, are you okay? Show that on the knees, amen. I on the knees. That's number one. Number two, you need to understand is this is that there are things that we will pray for that will probably never be a part of something that we need to learn, because we like show a lot. There's a part of us that wants people to know that we pray concerning this thing now. It's happening because we pray for it. Hallelujah. There are things that we are going to pray for on the earth, that we will probably never reap until we get to glory. There are things that our eyes will never see until eternity. Hallelujah. There are lands and places and people that we will pray for. Amen. That we will probably never even reach. Our legs will never step into it. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. There are millions of men that we'll probably pray for and we'll never see with our eyes. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. But what matters the most is that we did our parts. Hallelujah. Just as, you see, you need to understand the, 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 the mission of reaching the world is too much for a man to do. One man cannot do it. Permit me to say it was so mighty that even Jesus alone could not do it. He needed men to go and preach. Do you understand me? So, quite frankly, a generation cannot do the work of covering the world with the gospel. Let's be honest with ourselves. It is a transgenerational assignment. One that is, going, that, that is passed from generation to generation. Hallelujah. So, you must realize that. Every, so, just as in the natural, there are some projects. For example, I know that, for example, the biggest church in the world is not completed. I, I think I saw something about it a while ago. That it has been built for about a hundred of years, but it is still currently being constructed projects like that go beyond the lifeline go beyond a lifetime when you work on big projects like that you you don't just do it anyhow hallelujah so there are men that will start it I'm giving you a mindset towards it there are men that will start they hand it over to the next generation hallelujah some men take it up. they do their own part they hand it over to the next generation listen to me the work of evangelism of the earth has been handed over to us by the previous generation it is left to us to do our part and hand it over to the next hallelujah Glory to Jesus. And you see, the only way we will do it, eh, is upon our knees. We will pray. Amen. Because, you, listen, there are countries and nations that, listen, they will, they will still continue to be hostile to the gospel even after we die. Hallelujah. But in about 100, 200 years from now, wherever we are, we will hear that those places have become open to the gospel. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. That's how it is. Amen. But until then, we continue to see with the eyes of faith and we continue to pray about it. In fact, there are some things that we will pray about that by the time we will begin to receive answers to the prayer, we would have become too old to do anything. It will it be our children that will be receiving the answers to those prayers. Hallelujah. But we must be okay with doing such things. Why? Because there is a reward in prayer in itself. Hallelujah. That's what I mean by projects in prayer. Projects in prayer. Listen, when God wants to do anything on the earth, it first starts by making men pray. Anything that God wants to do on the earth, it starts by prayer. Hallelujah. By, when, that's why I said initially in this teaching that there has been a lot of emphasis towards the end of this year around prayer. From different ministries around prayer. It should let you know that there's something that is about to happen in 2023 it's that simple there is about to be an explosion of the gospel in Nigeria it's not it's not that hard to see you can tell it is not if you if you just check your Instagram that's what you see the number of young ministers I've seen doing crazy stuff in the past couple of days that has blown my mind blown my mind it's about to be an explosion of the gospel in not too long from now honestly and so we must position ourselves aright in the way of prayer our discernment must be sharp hallelujah because around this time too don't forget the devil will be walking so, it is around right this time we been scandals of men of God. Hallelujah. So we must be wise. Amen. We must, any possible way a brother can fall into scandal, we avoid it. Hallelujah. God just, we keep them in the place of prayer. Amen. Because trust me, there are some men that, just imagine that, Kenneth E again at a point in his life, a scandal ruined his ministry. Imagine the millions of men that wouldn't have been able to receive from him. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. We must, we must be discerning. We must see with the eyes of faith. Our discernment must be sharp. Hallelujah. And how do those things happen? By prayer. Hallelujah. You know, when Jesus was born, a lot of us think that Jesus' being born on the earth was just done by the sovereign will of God. God just decided that, ah, at this particular point in time, Jesus will be born. It's not entirely like that. You realize in Luke chapter uh, Luke chapter 2 from verse 25 to 38. 25 to 38. There are two people that are spoken of. Let's go there. Luke 2. Man, time is going. Time has even gone. Luke 2, Luke chapter 2, from verse 25 to 38. Luke chapter 2, from verse 25 to 38. Alright. So it says, uh, okay, so first of all, we see a man named Simeon. The Bible says he was righteous and devout. And he was looking forward to Israel's consolation. And the Holy Spirit was on him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord Messiah. Hallelujah. He said, guided by the Spirit he entered the temple complex when, um, when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him up in his arms, praised God and said. So in other words, we saw, so when Jesus was born, we just thought, ah, Jesus was not born at this point in time because God wanted to be born at this time, whereas there was already a man that God has spoken to and said, until you, you will not see, you will not die until you see the Messiah hallelujah. Bible also speaks of another woman, a woman named Anna, a priestess named Anna. Bible says that she was a widow for about I think 60 something years. Yes. Yeah, she was, um, she was, um, that's verse 36. Anna, a daughter of Fanwell of the tribe of Asher, she was well along in years, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and was a widow of a, sorry, 84 years. Look at what she says. She said she did not leave the temple complex, serving God night and day with fasting and prayers. At that very moment, she came up and began to thank God and to speak about Him to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Hallelujah. So, to us we thought jesus was just born and that's whenever but we see that there was a particular woman in the temple who had been praying for 84 years for the redemption of israel 84. hallelujah glory to jesus amen listen i say it and i say it again there are things we will pray for that we will probably never be a part of hallelujah there are nations and lands there are people that we're going to pray for that will probably never use our eyes to see Hallelujah. But what matters is that we did our quota. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Projects in the place in the place of prayer. So when God sets us to do something, when God wants to do something on the earth, He sets men praying. That's always the first thing. Sets men to pray. Sets men to pray. No mighty thing has happened on the earth outside prayer. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. In Acts 1 when the disciples were waiting for the manifestation of Jesus, for them, to, for, for them to begin to speak in tongues, do you realize that the only instruction that Jesus gave them, Jesus said tarry ye in Jerusalem, until you be endured from on high." all that Jesus told them was to do was to tarry, to, to wait but what did they do, they prayed hallelujah, because you see, they knew that what they were expecting was so important for them to just wait and just be waiting, hallelujah when you are waiting for the Lord to do something on the earth, you wait by prayer hallelujah Glory to Jesus. You wait my prayer. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. So there are bodies upon our hearts. Bodies for nations upon our hearts. Leaders for the things that God will have us do. And there are projects that we have to do. Things that are bigger than us. There are some things that, there are some basic, there are some projects that we are going to do that are going to last 20 years. Hallelujah. That will start now. There's things that are going to last 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. There's some things that are going to last hundreds of years. There are some blueprints that we will let to our children. That we tell our children, see, we've covered from year to year in Africa. From year to year is where people are going to cover. After people are done, year to year, and year is where your children will cover. Hallelujah. That is the only way we can cover the earth. Because let me be honest with you, no ministry in any generation can cover the earth. Let's be honest. You must cover 7 billion people. How? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. That's the mindset we have to have. Projects and last but not least as we round up fervency 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 uh, I have a lot here to say about fervency but I'll just, say, I'll just say this you know the amplified in the KJV the Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man he says he make a tremendous power, um, he make it power available uh, and then the amplified puts it this way he says the heartfelt earnest continued so effectual fervency is actually the fact that your prayer is heartfelt. First of all. Because the basic rule of prayer is this. If your prayer is not felt, it can't do anything. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Whatever you will pray about and will change, must first of all affect you. So it has to be heartfelt. It has to be earnest. Earnest means it has to have your mind in it. It must be intense, your focus must be there. Your attention must be there. Hallelujah. So it must be heartfelt, it must be earnest, and it must be continued. You see, that is the most important thing about prayer. Fervency is in the continuity of prayer. Hallelujah. Favorency is not just in what you are praying about, but that you have a consistent prayer life. That you are constantly given to prayer. A man that is fervent is a man that's not about what you do in five minutes. Hallelujah. You know, you say, he say oh, I'm fervent. No, that's not the point. Favorency is this. is that constantly there is a yearning in me to see things happen by prayer. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. That's favency. Amen. 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 Now, I've had a very funny things about fervents. By the way, say fervents is the state of the art, It's not the shaking of the body. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. One of the things you see, one of the places that the word fervents was used was that it was used for Apollos in Acts 18, verse 24. Hallelujah. He says he was a man fervent in spirits and mighty in scriptures. Hallelujah. I have a question for you. How did they know that it was fervent in spirits? They could see inside of his spirits. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. We said that they saw him. And as they saw him, they saw his spirit. And say, ah, inside this man's spirit is fervency. That's not too. It was like the things he did. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. They saw him. And because of the things that he did, they could tell that, ah, this man is fervent. Hallelujah. So, even though fervency is not primarily what you do with your body, fervency will show. Hallelujah. A man that is fervent, you will know. You, know, you say how do you want to you want to change lives you want to hey, you want to get people you are trying to get a man saved or you are trying to get a disciple grounded in the knowledge of God's word and you think you just do by oh God uh, save him Jesus save him do it eh Do it, oh. ah, please now save him sha. ah Hallelujah. We are contending for souls. Don't you know, I saw a post. It says, imagine how important a soul must be for both the devil and God to be after it. Don't you get it? When we are praying for souls, we are warring with the devil. Hallelujah. You are literally fighting the devil. for the you, When you pray like that, your, your body has to show. Hallelujah. You are praying with everything that is on the inside of you. It must happen. Hallelujah. It must happen. You see it with the eyes of faith. Hallelujah. The same person that is smoking and drinking alcohol, by the eyes of faith you see that man standing on a podium preaching the gospel. You need to realize what will take the man from a man that is drinking and smoking in a bar to change him into a man that is standing on a pulpit. It's not a small thing. Hallelujah. Praise to Jesus. I put it to you eh, that the reason Paul had that vision was the prayer of the saints. Hallelujah! The reason Paul had that encounter in Acts nine was the prayer of the saints. Don't you realize what Jesus told Peter? just said, "Peter, He said, Peter, Peter, He said, pray. Um, he said, Satan desires to have to sift you like a wheat. Hallelujah! He says, but I prayed for you. He says, and when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. Hallelujah! So to us, we saw Peter was just being Peter was just you know tempted and then he fell into temptation. Jesus had already seen it. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. You see, there is a way through prayer you can bind together the fervency of your disciples. Trust me. I know what I'm talking about. Listen, a man of prayer will always have results in the work of ministry. Hallelujah. And by results, I mean men. There will always be men full of passion in your ministry. Hallelujah. Because you don't do discipleship by just speaking. Hallelujah. Paul was speaking in 1 Corinthians 2. He says, When I came unto you, I came up with the essence of spiritual wisdom, declaring unto you the gospel of God. Hallelujah. He says that my spirit of vision was not in the words of man's wisdom. He says, in the demonstration of the spirit and power. He says that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. So there must be a mindset we have when it comes to prayer. Hallelujah. It must be fervent. Why? Because there are things that must happen. You need to realize, think about it. Do you know how many things influence the heart of a man in a day? Let's say you want this man to know the knowledge of God's word. As the man steps out of there, he's on his phone. He sees something on his phone. He He sees something on WhatsApp. He's watching something on the TV. He sees something else on the news. And all of these things are against the plan and purpose of God for his life. And you are the only opportunity, you are the only link that this man has with God. (laughs) How do you think you will pray? You are literally snatching this man's mind away from the power of the devil. How do you think you are going to pray? Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. You see, for what God will do on the earth, God requires men of serious prayer lives. Hallelujah. God requires men of prayer. Hallelujah. Not just men that will talk about prayer. Not just men that will wish about prayer. Not just men that will think about prayer. But men that will bend their knees to pray. Men that will reckon that the work of ministry is the work of prayer. Hallelujah. Men that will reckon that the power of ministry is the power of prayer. Men that, even though they are tired, you've got you gone to work all day you are tired you are weak on your knees you bend it and you pray because you realize that this that when you fail in the, in the face of adversity there is no to excuse your strength is small hallelujah and there will always be days of adversity hallelujah crisis will come in the, in work of ministry expect it it must come hallelujah if you don't have crisis in the work of ministry not in the work of ministry it must come so the only way you can face crisis and come out well is that you are prayed hallelujah Glory to Jesus, Amen. Please stand up. Stand up by your feet. Stand up by your feet. For the next couple of minutes, we're gonna pray. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Now I know that, I know that you are tired. I know that you are weak. Hallelujah. But you see, what we wanna pray about tonight is a passion for souls. For some of you, you don't really understand why we say a burden for the lost, a body for... You, you You don't really get it. Hallelujah. For the next couple of minutes, we're going to be praying as regards, receiving in our hearts a burden for souls. Because tomorrow, there is no talk. We are just coming to pray. And what we are coming to pray for tomorrow is that the gospel covers the earth. Hallelujah. It's nothing more than that. Amen. So for the few minutes, we just have about five minutes here. About three to five minutes. We are going to pray as regards the burden for souls in our hearts and in the heart of every believer. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. You see, there are so many factors that are involved in covering the gospel, covering the earth with the gospel. So many factors. Hallelujah. There's the miraculous. See, you cannot cover this gospel without power. So you cannot go about this without power. Hallelujah. Because they are sorcerers. They are witches. They are wizards. They do their own. Hallelujah. If you are going to have to say that their own is false, you are going to have to show your own. Amen. Hallelujah. So, there must, we must not even leave the possibility in our minds that we preach a gospel devoid of power. Hallelujah. That's, that's not a discussion. Hallelujah. That's my one. There are human resources needed. We need people. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. We need people. But trust me, people are not the problem. They are people. Hallelujah. There's that. We need resources. We need resources. If we're going to cover the earth with the gospel, we need resources. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. But the resources are there. By the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. See, come tomorrow ready to pray. Hallelujah come tomorrow you know often times when we want to pray for a while like that like for about 4 hours the mindset, the, the mindset they come with is we'll pray we'll be increasing the tone small 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 small, small, small. so I'm looking for a way to conserve my energy for that 4 hours so that don't come to pray like that come to pray that I will pray for 4 hours I will gather glory to Jesus some of the things I'm going to pray for I'm going to pray for um, the uh, the world being covered with the gospel that's my one I'm going to pray for this ministry Uh and Basically, this ministry and what God will have us do, right? That's number two. Number three, we're going to pray for Caruso Camp meeting tomorrow. And then, after, after that, we're going to have times where we'll give words of prophecy. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. See, your words will be sharp, your words will be accurate. You will see. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. There are, some, there are things called adventures in prayer, there are adventures, emotions in prayer. Hallelujah when prayer takes a hold of your emotions it's basically as though your emotions have rubbed up on the emotions of God so you are basically feeling you is like that you are praying for the lost and you are literally crying because you are you are seeing people go to hell and you can't contain it hallelujah glory to Jesus praise God you know and that will keep us you know it will put us in a mood for the camp meeting hallelujah ensure you listen to this sermon again Amen. People will listen at this like twice before the camp meeting. Amen. For those of you that will be unavoidably absent. If you are going to be absent, let it be that you didn't have a choice. That's why your are We were working on how to stream it. Very good streaming so that it would, it would be as though you were there. Alright. Not metaverse, but something like that. <laughs> as, as though you were there. Praise God. Men of God, we need to pray. Hallelujah. It's enough with slacking. There's no more time to slack. As it's to slacked too. How many people agree that we slacked? you know we slack? You know, it's like, it's like You know? Hallelujah! Really this time, the like, word is not the problem. Do you realize? I was thinking about it some time ago We are trained, though. Do you realize? Do you know? Do you know that we're trained? Do you know that most a lot of things we know, people don't know. Amen. So, like, what's not stopping us? Hallelujah! What's stopping us? We are not brave. Ah, we see braveness or bravery in prayer. Hallelujah! Glory to Jesus. Cover everywhere cover everywhere. And one thing that would happen as a reason of that prayer too is that you will receive wisdom. Hallelujah. On how to support ministers that are just starting. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. In the name of Jesus, no work will die. No work will die. No matter where it is. Be it in the most remote places in the world. Hallelujah. No matter what it is they need, they will have it. Hallelujah. Ah, Amen. Glory to Jesus. Just give God the praise. Name all the glory. Father, we thank you. We give you praise and glory. Thank you.